Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Democracy First. Thanks for joining our virtual town hall where diverse civic-minded people from across the country gather Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern to discuss current events, legislation, civics, and politics, and the effect they're having on our democracy, a two-century-old work in progress shaped by we the people. We gather here to continue that work, making good trouble, we welcome new voices and treasure the old in our conversational roundtable centered on respect, where we strive for a safe, welcoming space that is informative and inspiring because it's fact-based and solution-oriented. We do honor a few rules of etiquette. We understand that we can disagree without being disrespectful. We can attack arguments or ideas without attacking people. We raise our hands to speak and mute our mic when we're not. And this is for sound quality and just to be respectful of other speakers to allow them to do so without interruptions. And um, a reminder that it is a daytime recorded space. So please keep that in mind with the personal information you share and the language that you use. Otherwise, we ask that you not be shy. We thank you for being here. Ask you to please uh, share, retweet the space, and not be shy. Come and join us in the conversation if you're able to. And I'm going to turn it over to my awesome co-host, Eugene, and um, allow him to say good morning and tell us what's on his mind. Then I'm going to send out some invites, and I'd love to hear um, what's on your guys, uh, what's on your heart and mind um, today. And I'm going to, of course, put some things up in the jumbotron. Um, that have come across my radar. So, Eugene, how are you doing today? So I was just rolling through. Uh, the, the Ukrainians are trending, and I was rolling through a bunch of footage. Um, like, they're just absolutely just really proud of them and I'm proud of uh, NATO and, you know, everybody that's helped make this happen, you know. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a slow day in my little world. Um, it's, I, that was an amazing room yesterday, and I, I learned so much that I had to go and do a lot of reading and research, and um, you know, learn on my own some some stuff. And I, I just got to say that it's just a a really great thing in a space that you know I can I have that ability to you know have direction to go research stuff that interests me. But, you know, yeah. I think I'm going to kind of wait until other people uh, have something to say. <laughs> okay. Well, so far, it's just you and I. I am going to send out some invites, but yesterday was a dynamic day. That's the great thing about this space. No two days are alike. It's not scripted. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, you know, this, the, um, the way the space goes depends on the, the folks who take part in the conversation. Well, and... So I, I do know something like if you want to get something started, get Greg up here. He, he always has something to say, right? Don't you know, I know it. And, uh, <laughs> I know that, uh, there is a lot on Greg's mind. So I'm so glad that he came here He's to one of the help get our, I really learned from yesterday. So <laughs> yeah. I know I, I learn every day and, um, it is awesome. And so glad that you popped in so early to join us, Greg, we'd love to have you here. 
what's on your heart this morning or afternoon where you are and me too well you know thank you so much for everyone 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 gathering here on this space there's a lot to talk about on the timeline so i really want to get the party started so basically we're going to do the continuation with what was going on going with Herschel Walker and his and his son Christian Walker drama. Oh my goodness. Oh my Greg, let me just tell you that like I have been kind of dependent on your timeline and, and what's going on, but somehow or another, and it may have come through your timeline. I saw an interview that he did, I think, with Yes Fox, he did. Where Yeah, where he said that he had been redeemed, I almost fell off my chair. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he's not only that, he's now posturing and saying that his his son is a part of the left. And I was like, excuse me? Exactly in that same um, interview uh, that he had. I'm like, he is so gone. He is so <laughs> far gone. I cannot believe that he's a credible candidate of the GOP. Well, you know what? Yes, they are. Because let's really do, let's do the math. So everybody who probably went to bed early, James Carville was on MSMAC. And MSMAC, he pretty much told the truth about the Republican Party and their candidates. If you're going to cater to stupid people, you're going to get stupid candidates. And that's the God-honest truth. That's what James Carville has said it out of his own mouth. And you know he's a... He's a, like a brother to another. Uh, he's a, he's 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 just like me. We tell it like it is. We tell the truth, and we don't care unapologetically, and we don't care if it hurts dem- your feelings. And I'm team after your feelings at this moment because the truth needs to be told. That the Republican Party has nothing to run on, and they have nothing credible, no shred of decency backing up the things that they are talking about. They are nothing but really bigoted hypocrites. And that's what they are. So, knowing that knowing that um, the train wreck of Herschel Walker is going downhill, his campaign is really in some shambles. We'll see. Like um, Renee said last, yesterday, we need to suppress their vote. And it's okay to say we need to suppress the vote. Because that's what we need to do, suppress the turnout on the conservative side and fill up. Yeah, because their vote isn't helping us. I'm not trying to amplify it. Exactly. Because a lot of people didn't realize this. In 2020, we came out to vote. 82 million of us came out to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But you got to realize that Donald Trump weaponized his base and was 75 million people also came out to vote as well. There's more of us as a majority, but we also have to be really aware of that, that we have to be really aware of, of the fact that you have to do things. They, voter suppression goes both ways, baby. If they're going to suppress you, you got to suppress them. And so to let, stop Stop crying about it. Stop Democrats. Stop crying about it. All we need to do is uh, update your voter registration. Make sure your voter registration is updated. Know where you are polling. This is a perfect time for everybody to get on. You're on this freaking phone app right now. 
make sure you go through and follow and start learning what is your precinct, where you have to go to and vote. If you have changed your address, make sure you go to, if, if it's too late, go back to the, find out where you're enrolled, where you're reg registered to vote. It's very important for you to know these things before November. Because as a former poll worker, you, as a former poll worker, which I used to do work in the polls, but that sounded kind of dirty. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming from you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm classy. I'm classy. I'm, I'm, I'm channeling, um, I'm channeling Renee, because I have to be classy. I have to be like a good person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to be like, um, a good person. But we really have to do, make sure that if your loved ones who are not tech savvy, please let them go and find out where they are registered to vote. Make sure you do an opportunity to go and do church runs. If you go to a church, make sure you do a group effort. I remember when I remember when I was working the, um, at the polling booth, um, polling at the, when I was working at the tables, how I see families of black families or families of white families all do a group effort and come in to vote and teach the kids where, how democracy is run. So it's really important for everybody to get out there and register to vote, vote, vote. So it's, we know it's in a couple of days. But there's a lot of teas breaking down because Dee, because I have to see, because Dee, this is a full day because you know Dee, girl, you know Joe Biden is, is going to be down in Florida in a cup and then within that he's probably there right now, and I really want to see if somebody's going to bend the knee. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know he's going to have to, but we he's probably going to try to. Um reduce the impact and, and our ability to see him doing Well, it. baby, he, I, know. I, 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 he can handle, I know you're going to dig and find it. He can handle those, those high, those high, those, um, high, those, um, high white boots now. <laughs> oh, yes, honey. God. I was like, yes, honey. Sashay, strut that stuff, little stuff, little, little pork chop. Come on, pork chop with his high heels. Oh man, the <laughs> amount of memes that I have seen on those about those boots is it's hysterical. Like last night, I saw somebody said there was an art installation in front of the governor's mansion, and then today I saw one with heels and and um, above the knee, like Mary J. Blush. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I swear to God. That was Scott. I I was like, oh my god, no, that was one of the um one of the writers from USA, and he I had to retreat it, and I was like, oh my god, those high heel boots. I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Oh my god, I didn't even know Eugene. I I, I didn't even realize this weekend is okay. I didn't even realize this is um that that. That 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 man weekend. Oh my God! What a horrible weekend. So everybody, we I'm gonna be. I'm gonna let everybody else talk because I got. I'm just got. To, I'm gonna just let everyone else chime in. I'm gonna be in the space for a bit, so we could kiki a little bit more. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Sounds great. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> I know. I love it. Um, Greg is definitely a conversation starter. He brings liveliness to the space, and I love it. So thank you for being here. Um, I just want to say that I, I did participate in making my own uh, meme about those boots. I, like We know you couldn't let that opportunity pass I, you I by. But that was one of the funniest things. I, I mean, like, you couldn't give us better material, right? Paul did a really cool one with the uh, Eminem shirt, but yeah, no, I just like the, those. Yes, that yeah. was the first one I saw. It, it was funny. <laughs> um, that was funny too. But I'm telling you, that installation, those huge, gigantic boots. <laughs> they just the meme just keep getting more and more outrageous, and I just like I've been losing it for you know since that thing came out. But that one uh, of the art installation in front of his uh, uh, in front of his place that that was my favorite so far. Mine too, but I'm sure we have many more to go. We do have a couple of hands up. Oh, my goodness. That's what I lost her. Uh, Carmen came up. Um, maybe she'll come back. Uh, go ahead, Graham. Um, uh, guys, don't be shy. If you want to join in the conversation, grab a mic. Use the microphone icon over to the left. And once you're up, um, hit that heart icon to raise your hand and DM me if you're ever, like, at work or, you know, you only have a few moments. We here in this space know how that goes and we try to make room for you and most people are understanding of that so um graham you go ahead and um we'll see if anyone else is going to join us in the conversation it's still a bit early so we got time hey everybody uh thanks d and eugene um yeah hey, I, uh, saw, I saw you sneak into my airplane thing there for a second yeah <laughs> always got to keep an eye on you, Eugene. Lurker. As always. <laughs> um, I just uh, put an article up in the nest, and it was uh, talking uh, about, uh, you know, local advocacy, uh, pairing up with scientists uh, to take on, in this case, pipelines. And this is a story of a recent victory in, uh, I think, Virginia, and where people organized and uh, got together and shut down uh, a pipeline. So it's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, story and resource for uh, getting involved um, and active locally. Um, and I just popped up another a thread in in the nest, and it's basically a tool that I use, and it's the advanced Twitter search. So basically, that thread goes through like all the different options of Twitter. Uh, advanced searching and I know that you know people have been saying you know with the days the days ticking down it's good that uh, you know you can go out and do some um, digging around in the dirt on people and searching for keywords and conversations and topics and stuff that you can go and you know search someone's timeline for the past 15 years in seconds uh, to find exactly uh, what you're looking for I use it a lot um, so basically uh, you know, if you go through the thread, uh, it shows all the different uh, options. So, you know, you can search for words, an exact phrase, uh, a collection of words, uh, no words, uh, hashtags. And then basically you can um, look at uh, tweets from certain accounts or directed to other accounts. And also um, a date uh, filter, which I find very handy. So around typical dates. You can see who said what around certain events. So it's really good uh, to dig up dirt on people. 
Um, and uh, quickly, you, don't tell. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Don't tell everybody my secrets now. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We aim to educate in here, uh, Greg. So <laughs> there's no sec- there's no secrets in here, Greg. Okay. <laughs> we gotta, we, gotta we want it's supposed to be a safe space. But yeah, no, that's a, that, I don't mean to say so. This is the perfect. Listen, this is this is what we do. They do it to us, and this is what we do it to them too. And so, don't ask me. Here's my context. If you could do the work, so this is the perfect. So I don't mean to. Uh, uh, please forgive me, Graham, but you kudos. Yeah, I use this to get people taken off this platform a lot. Uh, so uh, use it wisely, and also. Uh, if you got any uh, uh, <laughs> nasty tweets in your past history, you can you can always go through and make sure you're uh, squeaky clean before you engage. Yeah, in, cl- <laughs> clean your own house, uh, uh, baby. Yeah. Uh, listen, <laughs> let me tell you something like this. When I had to deal with when I had to, when I had like um I've, like some huge Twitter fights like the past like the past summer, and Renee could attest to it. I got slaughtered. I know when I mean got slaughtered, it was it was an attack on Kamala Harris about her about her voice, and I got slammed hard by the left and by the right. And what they did was, I knew for a fact that I knew I was gonna be, I knew I was gonna be a target, and I went after. You have to clean up your everything what you say in the, what you said before, and you know what. It's one of those those great tools. I don't like to talk about it, but that's always to be a great tool to find out if somebody is a friend or foe when they turn around and say, "This is how, this is how K Hive got the reputation." Say, "Is this you?" That's how we do things. Yeah, I don't know, Greg, if you've heard of uh, Shinigami Eyes, which is a Chrome browser plugin that actually uh, it filters out. That's um, the one I use. Yeah, that is fantastic, actually. Yeah, really. Shows, like, so, do I have to get a Chrome? Do I have to get a Chromebook to get it? No, or I, have to get I think it's. I think it, it's on a few different platforms. It's just what the it, browser, like the, if you're yeah, using it's, the it's Chrome a, browser. It's yeah. an extension of Chrome, actually, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, really, the it's browser. What they call a plugin, mm-hmm. a browser plugin. Uh, but what it basically does uh, is it shows people that are marked as uh, anti-trans and also trans-friendly accounts. Mm-hmm. So when you look into the replies, uh, people that are anti-trans uh, show up as red, and then yep. the people that are trans-friendly show up show up as green. So wow. you can see they stick out like sore thumbs immediately. It's like, oh, there, there's the problem right there. <laughs> Yeah, so me... DM that um, that um, browser to him, um, Grant. I mean, the plugin to him because I know it works. Because uh, we were able when we were helping Brenda and trying to make some noise around that. Uh, I already knew, but before I could tell people who were in the work group who were trying to help, um, they were already telling um, the DM group that this guy who was a state legislator was, you know, anti-trans and, and named out a few others. And I know that they, they use this tool to find them and to find their stance. So it's a great tool. Yeah, there's a lot of sneaky tools that I've been using, uh, especially on the science, the science side uh, for pseudoscience, which is boring. 
But uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I think I have a thread. I'll, I'll pop it up in the nest, uh, and uh, everybody can uh, see the plugin. And uh, it's a Great. good little tool. So there you go. Well, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. I'm following you right now. You make it, I, I always have to say, I always like to be among smart people. And plus, like, you have a great voice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Great. Uh-oh. You are such a flirt. Thank you so much, Graham. I want to get to Carmen before we lose her again. And then Louise and Pup. Thank you guys again for being here. And if you're down there listening, don't be shy. You know the rules here. Hello, Request the mic and come on up. Hello, yeah. Dee. Hi, Hi, everyone. I miss y'all. We miss you, too. Are you, uh, how's your family my faring? Shift, my, my shift change, and it's like sucks. I'm working from 11 in the morning to 8 p.m., and it sucks. But, you know, I will be going on vacay on the 16th all the way till the 23rd. I need some, like, you know, woosa, you know? Because these GOP cr- are crazy out here. Oh, my gosh. I've been fighting with these <laughs> folks. I've been fighting with them. Now they're on Katangi Brown, Jackson. They're just well, you know that was going to happen um, as soon as the uh, SCOTUS uh, hearings uh, started. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, I mean, they're just like, I mean, it's crazy. They're saying about... The Democrats are racist. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, you don't know your history. It's now like the other folks are racist. Hello? Well, I <laughs> think in crazy. part it's not a matter so much of them not knowing their history as that them literally taking things that they're guilty no, of and flipping it. it on, they're using yeah. it, but we mm-hmm. have to be on their game, you know. They, they're doing it to us. We got to do it to them better. <laughs> And the boots were hilarious here in Florida. Oh my gosh. I was so, I was laughing at the, the boots in front of the, uh, like the Tallahassee Capitol. Oh my gosh. That was so funny. Uh, but yeah, they're crazy here. Uh, we just got to get Val Demings elected and we got to get, um, Christopher, um, Charlie Chris elected, but, uh, it's off the hook over here. And you know, um, my president is going to be here. Hopefully he's already here, but I'm hoping there's folks like protecting him because we have a lot of maggots that are crazy. So hopefully there, we got some good people protecting him because, you know, and of course, DeSantis is going to be kissing his ass because he needs the money, you know, socialism. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's well, funny. Greg, wants, <laughs> Greg wants all the snapshots of that moment. Exactly, exactly. And then it's back on. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I miss y'all. Hopefully, like after vacay, I can look for a better job. You know, nurses work is never done. So that's why I kind of leave and come back. You know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> I get it, Carmen. And I love you. My mom was a nurse, so I understand. And, you know, I, I love you guys. I have a special place in my heart for you guys. And thank, thank you, you for. My, my better thank god and my they're like doing yard work after you know hurricane eon so yeah they're doing well hopefully i'll have my home back one day but you gotta appreciate your parents right (laughs) that's for sure you know it is um... i love y'all i'll talk to y'all soon take care peace Uh... out bye
Bye bye, Carmen. Thank you for dropping in. And we're hoping that you enjoy your vacation and that, you know, when you start doing the job search that you find what you want and that works for you. So, but we're glad you're here with us today. Stick around for listening. Yes, I'll be listening. I just won't be talking much because of, you know, work. I got it. (laughs) I understand. Well, thanks for popping up just to say hello and uh, to give us a little Florida tea. We're all here for that. (laughs) Okay, you're welcome. You take care. Bye. Uh, All right. You too. Bye-bye. So, Louise, you're up next and then Pup. I believe Pup's hand was up first. Does he have to go or can he... No, he's good. You're, okay. Yeah. Um, two things I think I really have under our, our burrs under my saddle this morning. The one thing is 45 requesting the Supreme Court to become involved in the Mar-a-Lago issue. I was looking for Mark to see if he was in the room so he could explain whether or not they have he, 45 has a legal standing for that. Um, I, I can't, I mean, I worked in the, in a law office for 11 years, but I wasn't an attorney. I was an accountant. So I, I don't know the law on that. I would like to hear somebody who knows, um, whether it's legal at this point to even ask the Supreme Court to become involved. And the other thing is, is this oil, uh, OPEC, uh, about, what was it, about 60 days ago when I finally realized that the Saudis had built a refinery on the Texan Caribbean coast there off of Texas, um, I wanted to know why. You know, why did they do that? Well, folks, Saudi Arabia is part of OPEC. And if they decide to raise prices, that's going to affect us because a refinery on our soil means that the prices at home will be higher. I hope Kushner chokes on his $2 billion. Um and those are the two things that I've got that are really uh, things that are got me on a roll this morning. Um, I'm so looking forward to Justice Brown's uh, participation on the Supreme Court. Uh, I think she's going to bring an amazing voice to it. Uh, it's just a shame that at this point in time, she has to deal with five people four of whom lied during their confirmation hearings and shouldn't even be on the Supreme Court, and one who has no spine. So um, I'm going to be uh, off and on uh, from this point forward. As of the 10th, I'm going to, uh, of course, be working with Maricopa County uh, Counting Centers. So... Um, you might see my little icon, my little avatar pop up, and then, boop, it goes away. Uh, it's because I, I can't stay on the platform for too long. But oh, I'll yeah, try and do this. Oh, yeah, talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't want to miss my democracy. It's just, it's become part of who I am. 
So um, have a great day, everybody, and uh, those are my thoughts for the day. Well, thank you so much for dropping in, and thank you for the work that you're doing there. Uh, can you tell me what do things look like for Jevin on the ground there? Uh, the last I saw, it was like a 50-50 condition, but you have to know that there's a large voting block out of, of Scottsdale that uh, is in his district. And Scottsdale and part, large parts of Scottsdale are very Republican. Um, his district is the whole northeast corner of Arizona. Uh, it's a huge district. Very, uh, it's got a lot of Democrats in it, but they're very far apart. It's not a, high-density population. Uh, I'm hoping the Democrats that are there will all come out. Right now, the last word I heard, it was a toss-up, but it was leaning toward Jevin. You know, well, that's, polls. That's I, don't, I don't trust polls, so. Yeah, well, we, we hear enough about them and the use of them um, from TIF. So, you know, it's good to look at them, but we have to take it in context. And we still have to continue to do the work, most importantly. And it sounds like he has a good ground game going there. And, uh, again, as a collective community, I would like for us to do as much as we can to help amplify him um, and I noticed him. that he. I noticed that he doesn't do a lot of Twitter. And uh, I was... Uh, I was concerned about that. So I shot him an email to his campaign office. Uh, what was it? The first part of last week. I have not heard back, but I'm not in his constituency. So I don't know. And I, I said that in the email. I, I, if they have, if they're a small campaign office and they don't have the time to deal with every little email that comes in, you know, that's one thing. I just am concerned that he doesn't have the visibility. Um, but I'm also under, I also understand a lot of the people in that district probably don't even know what Twitter is because they're an older demographic. There are a lot of retirees up there. Um, in fact, I know three families personally that have moved up into, like, the Sholo area, which is in his district, that are all retired. Uh, one Republican family, uh, husband and wife, and two Democratic uh, husbands and wives. So it's, um, <laughs> I'm going to do everything I can, mm -hmm. even though I'm not in his constituency, but he... His campaign needs to reach out and use every tool at their disposal to make sure his name is out there. So, right. Well, thank you so anyway. much for that. Appreciate you. So up next we have Pup. How are you today? Pup, are you there? Yeah, I, I, the phone went to sleep and I had to, you know, do the password thing and blah, 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 blah. Um, 
<clears throat> no, I just wanted to touch base with Graham. We're touching base in DM now. Um, so really what I had to say was uh, already being taken care of. Thanks, D. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, Greg, did you have anything else that you wanted to chime in on? Um, there was something. I have to look at my timeline. Um, oh, I know. Uh, I was happy to find an article about the Hillsdale School being dragged now in Wisconsin. So people, you know, what happened to them here in Nashville is also shedding light on what they're trying to do in Wisconsin, and people are not having it. So, again, it's another reason why it is important for us to talk about the things going on in our local communities because chances are, that it's going on or trying to be done somewhere else. And maybe we can make um, some people in, in those other areas a little bit wiser and smarter to um, get on top of those things and stop them before they get too far. But I am so happy that um, the investigative reporting, the actively engaged citizens, certainly the educators here in Tennessee, everyone uh, spoke out against these schools. And like I said, it was just crazy because even the Republicans who initially approved his totally um, unilateral charter commission, which was designed to handle any appeals that these schools have, and they were all appointed by him and the Republicans uh, paved the way for him to create this commission. They approved it through, you know, a legislative bill then some of them were actually upset with him and they were starting to, uh, they have a bill going through now to repeal the power of this commission. I'm like, duh. I mean, it's so typical of them. They want to take everything to the total extreme. And then when it comes back to bite them, and I guarantee you what has happened is that some of their voters are angry because they recognize that this commission literally took their voice and their power away from elected officials in their area, you know? So it just warms my heart. Go ahead, Greg. Well, uh, there's a couple of things that's uh, it's on the pipeline. So there's a lot of reporters. So as you know, the um, OPEC is now doing the shortage, cutting back on oil production. And guess what our media is actually doing right now? They are actually in glee. They are happy. There is people who is rooting for the fault downfall of the Democrats this November. But we will tell you, democracy will always win over triumph overall. Um, second of thing is Joe Biden is going to be um, the rollbacks of student loan debt. That the forgiveness is going to be will be challenged by conservatives because conservatives are just simply just. I'm going to just keep it well, simple. They're it is assholes. being challenged. There's there's an actual lawsuit, um, and they had to actually announce that any further applications are going to be put on hold pending the outcome of this suit. But any that were in progress before will continue to to go forward and it's just again another example of how everything that they do is to hurt people and and to cause harm exactly and so here we go and i really want to tell this lesson to anyone who is left thinking or who are who identify themselves as a progressive it's okay to be a progressive. It's okay to be a centrist. It's okay to be 
who you are politically. But I want to leave you to make this comment real simple and real, real simple. One, know, know how democracy works, know how your government works, and definitely know your civics before you tweet or say anything that comes out of your mouth. Because I'm going to be really honest with you. Joe Biden is limited to the things that he can actually do in the White House. The executive branch, he cannot write write forgiveness off, and it will be challenged by the Supreme Court. As everybody knows, we are dealing with a 6-3 court. So when you're dealing with a 6-3 court, conservative court, the chances are it's going to be reversed. But here's the thing. When you have representatives who speaks for you, who who you identify and say, yes, Queen, like AOC or Elizabeth Warren, be in mind and say, you are a legislator. Your job is to write laws and write a bill. And this, in, 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 in writing the bill and building up a consensus and getting that bill passed and letting it get passed to the House of Representatives and, uh, and to the Senate, and then we could get it on to that, to Joe Biden's desk, and he could sign it off and make it as law. That's what we need. Right. And, and for them to actually be out here still touting that, you know, um, one issue um, thing is it's very disturbing that especially with them actually being lawmakers like I can give a little pass to those who may be running or who are not lawmakers but if you're already holding a seat in Congress and you're still uh, you know espousing this nonsense you know you're you're part of the chaos you're you're not being helpful because you're not being truthful with, you know, the entire process, because as you said, you know, he just, uh, I mean, look at what they did. And and I think that they presented it and crafted it in such a way that I think that they will be victorious, but that just goes to show you, you have to have all these things, um, the I's dotted and the T's crossed because these Republicans will try to undo everything that they deem helpful to the American population at large and, and, and throw it all under the umbrella of socialism, you know, and um, communist, you know, whatever it is that they're, you know, pushing talking point. But look how fast they went after what he did. Can you imagine <laughs> what they, um, I mean, this is just how they, they, they operate. Look at how many times they went after the Affordable Care Act. I mean, they tried everything in their power. They, they uh, are relentless. They mm-hmm. are relentless. They are one thing about the Republican Party, they are relentless. They voters are relentless. Look how long that they plotted to the unturned row. Fifty years. Fifty exactly. years. They played the long game. But no, oh no. What have the Democrats party done for me? And what is this? I'm gonna stay home and I'm not gonna vote. And so when you see him and not vote and not seeing the big picture of protecting the Obamacare, Obamacare, a lot of people don't realize you, you didn't get public options. You got what you got. What did you do? You stayed home and now it's gutted and you want public option. You built from getting something done. You built from 
Obamacare mm. to get a better health care. Yeah, no, and still no. some of those some of those states have still not expanded Medicare. I mean, Stacey Abrams did a um, a short video about one of the hospitals. Someone who is from Georgia here in the space can probably tell me the name of it, but it's a very critical hospital that had to be shut down. And, and if I am not mistaken, it's one that had a special program that catered to a condition that's very unique to the African-American community, and that is sickle cell. And, you know, I have family members with that, and it breaks my heart because, you know, she literally did a video talking uh, and driving from that hospital to the next trauma one center and it's ridiculous and so uh depice i know it's from that area so i'm gonna let him enlighten us on that a little bit if you will uh greg so stick a pin in that yeah go ahead device. yeah just real quick d you're uh referring to the atlanta medical center about uh wellstar and it tr- is the largest provider for african-americans dealing with sickle cell anemia that's what the that's what the big deal is. And there's there are other centers that close, but that was the primary one for dealing with sickle cell. So I'll go back right. down the listener. Okay. Well, thank you. And I think you're the one who had mentioned that initially. So that's, again, uh, the beauty of this space, how um, we knew that they were closing hospitals, but someone – you know, who is there in the community and very aware can can help us to see it even clearer how um, it is affecting uh, disproportionately a certain segment of our population and how in many ways this is very intentional on their part. They, you know, are not trying to provide resources and help to, you know, certain demographics that they don't feel are important or beneficial to them and, and their program. <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. You can continue. Um, people are being shy today. so I don't know why y'all being so shy. I don't bite. I, I, I can bite. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Daytime recorded space. GG. I mean, not GG. <laughs> you call me GG. You know GG would turn around and say, how dare you? I know he would, but I was trying to say GC. But now you hear that? They call me GG. Oh, no. But anyway, but back again, there's a lot more at stake, democracy on the wheels. Um, basically, the conservatives are now trying to push. Um, now, the conservatives don't really care about, um, what's his name, Herschel Walker's background. But I'm telling you, the fallout, we have to see how the polling is going to go. I'm really, I'm, the one of the takeaways I do want to see is seeing how, how Reverend Warnock going to deal with him in the debate because I really do think that uh, Herschel Walker is going to run away from doing the debate with him. I really know that for a fact. I was like, so I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited at this time in the year. I'm really am giddy. I'm giddy at the chances of the Democrats. I'm really happy at the fact that um, um, we are going to be winning. So D, I'm going to. Take a and take a break because I'm actually 
am actually home, but I'm actually cooking. I'm doing okay. chicken. I'm chicken, but I will be right back. Right. Um, well, I have a little tit of uh, a little uh, you that um, Dawn dropped in my DM that um, that um, Biden landed and um, he was not um, DeSantis was not there to greet him. So I just threw oh, it up in the in oh, the jumbotron. You but, gotta you know, be kidding me! This n- fed, I, I this mean, are, little piece of crap, man. Are we not? Are are any of us surprised? But eventually, he's going to have to. But he recognizes it, and he's going to avoid trying to be pictured with him in any How way dare whatsoever. No, because the thing is, what happened is this. He doesn't want to go out like Chris Christie. How, um, yeah, how. they all remember that. Yes. Yeah, and they it did all take... have a long memory. But the mm-hmm. thing is, that whole that entire coastline got destroyed. That whole um 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 that whole Fort Myers is not going to be rebuilt because I mean there's a lot of um there's a story that I I'm going to pull up the story, but. Stuff is not going to be rebuilt in Florida. Florida is going to everything what you know is going to be in the past. So right. Florida is going to be going through a lot of things. Yeah, right? but he also yeah, and he also knows too that we don't have the same kind of president in office. So regardless of his behavior, we have a statesman. We have a president in office who recognizes, regardless of how these governors respond. He is president to all the people, and he is going to make sure all the people get the help that they need, regardless of the people who are governing them locally. So in some respects, I I feel uh, DeSantis is counting on that behavior, too, knowing that he doesn't have to be so eager because Joe Biden is going to do the right thing, regardless. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to – because the thing is, one thing about what DeSantis knows – DeSantis pretty much say that everything what we're doing is political, and you know what? Yes, I everything what I said last week was all political. When we were saying when the, it was when everything was talking about he's going to bend the knee, of course his people was whispering and looking at my timeline, and they say that's what they were doing. Oh, of course, because that's what you did to all those you did to all those poor immigrants who was trying to seek who was looking for a better way of life. You want compassion? No, baby. We're going to show you your hypocrisy. So I'm all for it. All right. See, I'm going to step off for a minute. I will be back in, in, in a few. All right. Well, we'll be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. And like I said, helping getting the conversation going, always great. So just pop back in or throw your hands up when you're ready to join the conversation again. We do have a few speakers up. I'm going to go with um, Kevin, who I just brought up, and then Graham. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? I'm better. My uh, my my uh, backside cooled down after getting roasted yesterday so I'm I'm fine. Um and I and I took it very well. Uh, <laughs> uh I just wanted to chime in real quickly here. I just I'm gonna latch on to what uh um was just said about uh, that putz DeSantis. I just he just disgusts me. I mean he has the nerve to, to claim that the media was rooting for the hurricane to destroy Tampa and, you know, the surrounding areas so that they could be used against him politically. You know, like, give me a freaking break. So, yeah, we're, the media is 
you know, hoping for this for ratings so that they can bash the hell out of him. And that they, you know, the media wants to see all these people be homeless and lose their personal belongings and, you know, hundred people lose their lives and still counting and damages over $60 billion. Come on. You know, he's, he's such a whimpering simp. You know, he just, I, I, I can't stand him. You know, he's, he's trying, he, he is continuing to do exactly what we had to put up with for four years. He's playing himself off as Trump light. It really, it's all that it comes down to, you know, he's modeled himself exactly after this guy, the, the hand gestures, the tight fitting clothing that makes him look like he weighs 300 pounds. I mean, come on, you know, just, it, it, it's, it's, I've had enough of it with this guy. You yeah. Know? I mean, most of us, I think have, and hopefully, um, you know, the people there in Florida will have an opportunity to speak and vote him out. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and it's like, you know, uh, and it was brought up, too. It was a good topic that somebody brought up was that, you know, he's going to be judged on his response to the hurricane. And it just exact same way that previous governors were judged, how they responded as well. I I, I could be wrong, but I think, you know, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong that lives down in Florida, but I, wasn't Chris in during one of the bigger hurricanes down there? He was. And and didn't he take as much guff over how quickly he, or not quickly he handled that? He did. So And he was also seen, I think, with the Democratic president, too. I think it, it brought his campaign down, uh, yeah. too, when he was in office. But again, this just goes to show you people who are interested in governing and those who are just there because it's a job or a grift or both. It's just an opportunity. (laughs) He's got the nerve to say, well, I don't want help from Democratic governors that offered to send down people to help, but I'll take it from other states that are Republican. I mean, how really asinine is that? It just is, you know, yeah, he's just already really trying to, divide the country and who wants someone like that in office? I mean, a divider. You you know, know? And I'm equally concerned about what you, you know, you had said yesterday, rightfully so is what is going to happen with the election? You know, how is, is he going to, you know, go out of his way to make those Republican leaning districts voter accessible? And what is he going to do for the districts that aren't, you know, that, that in itself scares the freaking crap out of me. Certainly all of us, and we need to keep our eye on it because we know it's not um, above or beyond them, you know, to take advantage of people's pain and turn it into a win in some way for them. So and and it's not like they didn't already have a lot of things in place to suppress votes. Um, But again, I'm not there. But what I keep hearing is, um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of his would be constituents and voters are the ones that are affected. So it also leads me to believe he's going to handle it a little bit differently, but no matter how they handle it, because they are such huge hypocrites, his hypocrisy is going to show through. So I'm counting on the folks in this community to keep highlighting it and amplifying his hypocrisy and others, because, you know, they really have no shame, but for that, um, that segment of the population who may buy into some of the things that they're saying and who may not be 
as politically informed and, and, and engaged that they can start to see some of that yeah. hypocrisy. But, you know, you almost got to be living under a rock at this point not to see I'm, it. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen with with uh, FEMA and disaster relief and these people that are living in these totally shattered communities of Sanibel and Fort Myers, what is going to be permissible down there for rebuild? Because their intention is to rebuild and bring it back to where it was. But my question is, like we've seen up here in the areas that were affected by Sandy and other areas that, you know, they've sort of, hold back on that and made some of them where they could not rebuild in those areas because they're subjectable to floods and you know catastrophes like this that you keep building there you're going to have to keep rebuilding so when does it become a time when those areas become unbuildable or non-habitable or that you can't build this close to the coast because you know, look, we're going to keep having these events like this. So why why do we keep rebuilding? So yeah, you we're going to get there. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I feel like we're already there, but yeah, you know, maybe I feel some... for these people because I know they want to live there. I mean, you know, we've seen how much growth has been down there over the last few years. I mean, and you know, the the type of you know construction that's being done down there, and a lot of these communities like that. You know, they because they say, well, I can't afford a regular house, so. They'll do a double wide trailer or something like that, which that's their choice. I'm, I'm not, you know, saying you shouldn't do that, but uh, in those type of low lying areas, why would you do that? I mean, the, the proof is positive from areas that have been affected like that in the past. All we have to do is look at Katrina. It's at sea level. I mean, those communities, you know, they're still of that. I mean, but then again, you have areas like Sandy, New Jersey, where a lot of those houses now, you go through those communities now, those houses are either on stilts or they've been raised up to the point where everything that's on the first floor is just utilities and you and you blow through walls. So if anything that gets washed out, it's just the utilities. You're, you're, you're eating, your furnace, what let, you know, whatever you have stored down, but every, all living space is above, like 12 feet up. So I'll be interested to see what they do down there. I mean, as an insurance guy, you know, it, it, it piques my interest to see that because I get concerned about that. I see that as future risk, you know. So that's where my thought comes in on this. You know, and I'm thankful that our company still has coverage for people down there. You know, we didn't run away like other companies did. Well, thank you, and we're glad that there are some ethical people in the business. So thank you for coming up and joining. I think these are all good questions and things, and some of them we won't have answers to for a while, but we're certainly all going to be watching and looking and listening for the developments in that area. I want to go to um, Jay, and then uh, um, Coach Cam has joined us again today. Um, Jay Graham and Coach Cam, let him um, say hello to us today and tell us how his campaign is going. Hey, everybody. Miss um, D, Judge Kentaji Broad Jackson is exactly where she's supposed to be. The woman is a savant. Watching her, Kagan and uh, Sotomayor, a former New Havener, uh, absolutely have Alito questioning everything he is right now is so beautiful. Having them using uh, the originalist argument 
against an originalist is beautiful. And and when Kagan says, okay, if we grant you this, what happens to the voting rights bill for the rest of America? And I mean, these people are what they are. I mean, we, we know what they're trying to do. But man, it was so to see the woman just dominate yesterday and just just crush. That's all I wanted was Alito to be crushed. That's that's all. And it was it was beautiful. And their arguments were were so thought out, and the way they posed their questions and and their their phrases was a thing of beauty. They, these women are unbelievable judges and it saddens me to see people up there like uh Kavanaugh and and uh the other one it's just unbelievable just so sad and on a lighter note I don't know why Marjorie Taylor keep green keeps going for people to judge because he's he keeps crushing her and I don't I mean she must be a glutton for punishment or something because of her divorce I, we don't know but uh yeah he's he's smacking her around again and it's Unbelievable, and it's really funny. Oh, and, share. Uh, you share guys have a great day. Uh, it's it's uh, the tweet. She tweeted something. He's trying to uh, emasculate the way people drive, and Buttigieg says, uh, said to the extent of, yeah, my manhood isn't built on how my car runs or what my car runs on. And you know, he crushes her. He just, he just. And he doesn't, you know, Pete Buttigieg, he's understated. She's so far out of her league. I don't know why she's I don't know why she's too bored for him. I just, I, I think it's hilarious and I love it. But yeah, she said something about, he, he's, because they were, they were, they were talking, she was talking about electric cars. And she says he's trying to emasculate the way Americans drive. And, you know, he had his comeback and it was beautiful and I laughed and it was awesome. You guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Yeah, Buttigieg is a great, um, you know, uh, GQP slap um, slap back. He he he's always ready. So, uh, thanks, Jay. So glad to have you here. I hope things are going well for you and your family. Uh, always good to have you here in the conversation. Hope you can stick around some today. So up next, we've got Graham, and then um, we want to hear from Coach Cam, who visited us yesterday and um, it was a pleasure getting to know him and I'm looking forward to um, some follow-up conversation with him today. So Graham, you're up next and then Coach Graham, um, uh, Coach Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dee. Um, yeah, a few things. Obviously, yeah, how uh, uh, Justice Jackson is taking care of business is going to be a delight uh, to, to witness for sure. Um, you guys were talking about, um, you know, basically, you know, the coastal crisis and sea level rise. And um, in I think it was 2011, some uh, an author sent me a book uh, for review. Uh, and uh, the gentleman's name was John Englander. And uh, the book was called High Tide on Main Street, uh, Rising Sea Level and the Coming Coastal Crisis. And basically, uh, it's a really good uh, book at understanding all the economics and driving forces behind all of that, um, you know, the economic models and, you know, insurance and banking and where the money's going to go and who's going to suffer, right, obviously. Uh, so that's a good, you know, it's over 10 years old, but it, it, it gives you a good idea of, uh, you know, what America's going to have to face and other countries too uh, for the next 50 years as far as uh, sea level rise. 
And also, you know, keep in mind there's also ocean acidification and extreme weather. There's also those things uh, as well. Um, but, you know, we're 33 days in and, or days away. And, you know, some of the messaging I was thinking about, you know, uh, is try to keep it simple. And I know a lot of people, you know, they throw a lot, around a lot of labels and, and, you know, this ideology and that ideology. And I've always just stuck to science-based policy or, or fact-based and evidence-based policy and, and now indigenous-based policy. Um, instead of getting uh, tied up in all of these political labels, I, I, I tend to keep it to that. Um, and I also heard you uh, talking about the, the sickle cell and it brings up a big topic is that, you know, they're closing in on gene therapies uh, for sickle cell among a whole bunch of others. And um, it kind of, if you take a step back right now and take a look at this new technology um, and the potential it has, uh, you can see sort of um, it sort of mirrors like the big oil and green energy uh, battle. So here we have all the established, uh, you know, privatized medical profit driven machine up against this thing. Like, you know, you go get one uh, injection and it can uh, alleviate something like hopefully eventually sickle cell. And that is passed down to future generations. So it's, it's gone. It's eliminated. So this gets rid of a lot of huge markets for the medical industry. Uh, so I'd keep an eye and I always say science, you know, we need to get these, um, uh, you know, the, this technology and new ideas to everyone uh, because a lot of medicine is designed for white men <laughs> and uh, it, it doesn't even take into account a lot of uh, women or, or any of this stuff. And of course, science is finding out that, you know, genetics is a little bit more complicated than single drug therapies and, I think that, you know, this needs to be something that is, you know, uh, available uh, for everyone uh, because it can save uh, so much money for a person to be uh, cured from some of these things. And I know for, for a fact right now in agriculture, there is a gene therapy, an mRNA uh, therapy for a parasite. And basically, instead of treating these animals every year with a, with a, a booster, um, they just get one shot. And then all the offspring of all these animals are no longer affected by this parasite. So it's ingenious. It works. And um, I think that it's something that, you know, we need to, and in Canada as well, uh, you know, focus on and make sure that, you know, the private interests don't stand in the way of people, you know, essentially getting healed uh, for some of these afflictions. So just wanted to throw that in there for you. Thanks so much, Graham. I do appreciate that and love that we have uh, such a scientific, um, you know, brilliant scientific mind here um, as part of our community. And we're um, grateful and thankful. So I appreciate you just kind of expanding on, you know, the importance of that. And, of course, as you do with most things, drawing that scientific line, um, you know, really? and, and connection. Really? Really cool that you brought that up. We actually, over in the uh, airplane uh, spotting room, we're talking about this morning and talking about, you know, how we've been doing this. You know, we've used uh, fish gene in, in corn <clears throat> um, to keep uh, the silkworm from 
getting into the corn and it works like it's it's worked for 30 years now like you, you know i love science <laughs> I, yeah. I do too and like i you know the good things are going to happen it, it has to be well regulated science this is the thing yeah. is like mm-hmm. you know um you know the approval process especially you know i don't know how many people have studied the fda and the approval process um, but it was, you know, they, they went in there, uh, conservatives went in there and messed around with it and sort of took away, uh, you checks know, the scientific, yeah. it was all scientific checks and balances. And what they did was they said, oh, well, you know, maybe corporations can come in and, and hurry the process along by providing yeah. resources. So that like whatever, and this is what I say is like, all of these, you know, science-based policy, it has to be open source. It has to be peer-reviewed. It has to be uh, with, you know, proper safety regulations. You know, and, and, you know, people people are always like, you know, science can be bad or whatever. And the way I look at it is, you know, there's it's either science or pseudoscience, and we need to figure out which is which. So, anyway. Exactly. So. I've been okay. saying for a while, you know, the, the shame about what's happening, you know, in the U.S. right now is, you know, technology and science is in an accelerated pace like we've never experienced ever in humanity, right? Like this, this is amazing to be here to witness this. And, you know, we've got, we've got a government that like, um, like we're having to fight just for basic human rights right now, right? Where our legislature should at this moment be preparing us to enter you know, these are things that are coming. And, like, you don't write legislation, you know, you don't put the cat back in the bag afterwards, right? It's really hard. They're experiencing this with crypto right now. They're trying to, like, figure out how to regulate around it. And, my God, that's, like, the hardest thing in the world to do. Whereas if they just saw this coming, right, and they did, I mean, this has been here for how many years now on cryptocurrency, you know, but, but in the meantime, you know, we're so busy just fighting for basic human rights and to keep a uh, fascist from trying to control our nation, you know, that we're, we're not regulating on this and it's, it's going to bite us and why it is so important. Like if we can get, if we can, if we can get control enough in this next, next legislation, some of this can very, very quickly be addressed. These aren't like, you know, these are already very thought out, things by people like Graham and many others that, you know, there's been a lot of thought into this. It's that the, that Republicans conservative and and in Canada conservatives, you know, um, it's like they've gotten in there and tried to like, they're, they're, they're trying to squirrel it away for corporations that are always going to go after the bottom line, which is never the, in the best interest of the people. Right. Well, we do have a few hands. I want to get to um, um, Coach Cam, Mark, Carrie, and then Shauna. And I'm glad Shauna came up because it's a great uh, opportunity for us to hear oh, about the space forward. she's having. Yeah. So, uh, Coach Cam, how are you today? Good afternoon, lady. How are you? We're good. How's the campaign? Oh, it's fantastic. We're 34 days away from victory. I can hardly wait. <laughs> I love it. Claim it. Yeah. So we had our, or I had, I had my uh, newspaper screening down here in Houston, or you know, the suburb of Houston, 
Acadian Cypress. And so we had a newspaper screen today with the Houston Chronicle. Um, of course, little buddy didn't show up, which, you know, which is fine. Um, you know, it went great. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I came in maybe 30 minutes ago or so, and I heard, you know, some BMW, um, you know, we call that bitching, moaning, and whining. You know what I mean, where I'm from. And so, you know, I definitely get it. I think that you know, if I were to just share a thought today, it would be, um, you know, for those who have played sports, those who watch, you know, even as a spectator, you got to remember what it feels like when the other team is down. The only time the trick plays come out of the bag is when the other team is losing, right? And so, of course, they're going to um, weaponize migrants. And, of course, our cowardly governor and the governor, you know, Florida are going to use trick plays because they're down and they know they're down. And the only time that you pull trick plays out is when you're behind on the scoreboard. And do trick plays work? Every now and again. Every now and again, you can get trick play to, to, to distract somebody. Trick plays hardly work twice in, in a game. And just wanted to send some encouraging words to say for the folks who are, you know, frustrated maybe and potentially, you know, um, almost disenfranchised that you got to remember that we are the winning team and winning teams focus on one thing and that's winning. Well, I can assure you here in this space that most of us, even though we we will, you know, um, talk about it, we are definitely about the other half. And that's providing solutions as well. And we uh, even when we are disappointed and angry, we know we got to do the work. We know what's required. But I appreciate that's right. You know, that understanding. But we truly in this um, collective do have that understanding, you know, <laughs> that um, you got to call people out, call attention to things that need to be called attention to, but you still continue to do the work. You take your, your losses and you keep working out for the wins, you know. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're in great shape, really excited for those who haven't had a chance to, to meet me. My name is Coach Cam. I'm a Democratic candidate for state representative in House History 132 um, down in Texas. Uh, very thankful to have a chance. Shauna invited me to the candidate forum tonight at uh, 6.30 Central, so looking forward to meeting you guys there. Um, if you haven't, would love, would love a follow. Um, I actually forgot yesterday to mention, if you guys are interested, we've got some really dope merch on the website as well. So grab a T-shirt, a hoodie, um, uh, a pullover, a patch. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're moving this thing forward. Um, and as, as you guys know, you know, one, one door knock at a time. Well, that is awesome. And I'm so glad that you came back and I can't wait for anyone who wasn't here yesterday. Uh, he spent quite a bit of time with us and we so appreciated it and are looking forward to hearing more from you tonight and, um, Shauna's space along with some other excellent candidates. So we uh, will definitely continue to do all that we can to support your efforts, to amplify your campaign. And, of course, you know that you have a, an open invitation here because, you know, here we're about democracy and finding good representation. And for those who are courageous enough to um, put their hat in the ring, um, we're going to do the work to help them get across the finish line. So thank you for doing that. And uh, of course, uh, if you have a few moments to stay around, anyone that has any questions for you, but I feel like tonight we'll have more of that opportunity. Uh, certainly feel free to ask them, but I'm going to move uh, to the next hand, which is Mark, Carrie, and then Shauna. 
Um, hey, everybody. Hey, D, can you hear me? We, I can, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First and Twitter foremost. Twitter was trying to mess with us man, yesterday. <laughs> let me tell you, we start talking to business and Twitter gets all Bezos on us. Um, so I wasn't even going to come on today. Honestly, I, was just, I just wanted to listen, uh, uh, just doing some work and everything like that. But there's been some new developments. Um, so as, you, as we talked about yesterday, Trump had asked um, – He's appealing uh, the 11th Circuit's stay for partial uh, partial stay, excuse me, to the Supreme Court. Clarence Thomas is the um, is a Supreme Court justice that covers the 11th Circuit, so it goes to him for it. And let, let's I want to I want to bring people down a little bit because I, I think there's a lot of hysterics with it when it comes to the the motion going to Clarence. He handles the motion, so he doesn't make the decision on the motion. It still has the decision to accept the case has to be, go before the court. There has to be four justices that accept the, that that say, "Hey, this is something we should accept." There is no way in hell that four justices are going to accept this case. It's not new law. It's not trying to change law, and there's there's very little factual dispute. Actually, there's hardly any factual dispute. It's just all law and it's all precedent. So I'm. I, it's highly doubtful. I know that people are skeptical of Judge Thomas uh, and, and also the 6-3 court, but you got to understand the way the makeup of the court is. It's not 6-3 everything. It's 6-3 like they don't like substantive due process. Like they don't like Griswold v. Connecticut. They don't like, you know, um, uh, uh, marriage equality for everybody. They don't like those things. Um, the the procedural matters they hardly ever take these things up, it, and it has to be pretty significant. So I just wanted to rest everybody's like you know you know emotions when it comes to Clarence Thomas. I've disliked Clarence Thomas for almost half of my life, and I've read almost all of his opinions. They're not intellectual. I think Barack Obama was correct that he's the most unintellectual Supreme Court justice, barely barely qualified to even be one, um, and that still stands today. But what happened today is that the 11th Circuit came back today as we thought we talked about this last week. They were going to come back pretty soon. Remember, we said, you know, the opening brief is due on the 14th. Actually, at the beginning of the week on Monday, D, uh, Eugene, we, we said um, we talked about how the 11th Circuit was going to probably set the schedule this week. And lo and behold, they have. They accepted the Department of Justice expedited review, which is very rare, you guys. Um, and. Um, the opening brief is due on October 14th. Now they did give, they did kind of split the baby, um, the the, uh, but they didn't give Trump any anything regular, right? He has three weeks to respond, not a whole 30 days, and then there's another week. So we're going to hear oral arguments. It's yet to be seen, but we should be hearing oral arguments late November after Thanksgiving or early December. It's going to be before the New Year for sure. So we should expect that Judge Cannon's order would be decimated before the new year. Her order, if it were to stand, were to, was to, were going to be able to go on indefinitely. Like, that's exactly what Trump was trying to do, is have this have this thing go on until January, March, May, next year, before anything was resolved. But the one thing that we can we can see from um, even, even Justice Thomas's um, ruling, he wants to hear from the Department of Justice on the motion by Trump by next Tuesday. This is an emergency motion. So 
the one thing that we can like kind of pull from the way Thomas is looking at it, he's not looking at this emergency motion as an emergency because he gave the whole seven days for the Department of Justice to respond. Remember the 11th Circuit, once they got the motion from the DOJ, gave Trump till Tuesday to respond from a Friday motion. That was an emergency. Um, here Thomas gives a, a whole week, which is the normal course of things for an emergency motion, seven days, and he's going to rule on it. He's not like – it's not he, – he, it's still up in the air whether even Thomas is going to accept it. But you have to – like I said, I had studied Justice Thomas before. He does not like, and if, if you look at the, um, if you look at the, um, the cases that came before him in 2020, he is one of these people that is ultra procedural, meaning if there's a motion, he wants to hear it. He doesn't want to reject it without hearing from the other side and ruling on merits. Now, I understand how everybody feels about him, and I feel the same way you do. But uh, looking at his history, this means nothing that he wants to hear from the Department of Justice when it comes to Clarence Thomas. He doesn't like the, the Supreme Court rejecting cases, even though they're, they're meritless, without hearing both sides. He wants to hear both sides. Now, it's not usual, and other justices in, in those voting rights cases overruled. I mean, they, they voted not in his favor, but still, remember, he wanted to hear the case of these states that had no grounds to bring these these uh, voting cases. So the same thing is applying here. Justice Thomas, uh, you, you should read nothing. You should not read anything into him wanting to hear from the Department of Justice. There's no one out there in the legal community that's not, that's unbiased that thinks that this has any uh, anything going. And as a matter of fact, even if, if it did, the Eleventh Circuit wouldn't. Um, if, if the Eleventh Circuit thought that the Supreme Court was likely to overturn their their partial stay. They wouldn't have uh, bought on. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have said, "Hey, we agree to the expedited motion um, for the, the a, a overruling of Cannon's entire order." Now, remember, lastly, uh, we talked about this before. The DOJ made some mistakes here, and and they were they were gambling a little bit on time. Remember, we talked about time is like the clock of my heart, and we're still on time. It's like the clock of my heart, and wake me up before you go go. There's a battle. There's a battle of of relics here. Uh, when it comes to time, you have George Michael versus Boy George in, in court. Um, the DOJ is George Michael. Uh, is wake, No, excuse me. Is, is Boy George. Time is like the clock of my heart. They, whatever gets them to the finish line fastest, they're on board with that until they can't take no more. And, and we're at that point where they couldn't take any more. So they had to file this motion. They could have done so earlier, though. That's the thing that bites me. And it kind of upsets upsets me, but you can't get mad at Merrick Garland for for you know playing the game because it's a game. It, it, this is a battle, and sometimes you know sometimes you go for two and you don't make it, even though you scored a touchdown, right? And you got to deal with the consequences, right, Coach? Um, so that, that's what this is right now. What we're, we're in court, and but this is unprecedented. Lastly, this is unprecedented that at every level of judiciary, there's a Trump case. I mean, I, I've never even seen this before. Has anybody else seen this before? At every level of ju jurisprudence, at the state level, right, at the federal, like, magistrate level. And you know what, Mark? Probably if you dig down into some local, like, municipalities, he probably owes some of them some money he, somewhere he, or something. Oh, man, he don't even pay the painters of Mar-a-Lago. They didn't even get paid. They, he, they contracted for 100000 He said, sue me. I'm only paying you 50 And they had to settle for 65 he, Hey, he a, son of a, he a son of a gun, man. I'm going to tell you, this guy, 
this guy is a son of a gun, man. He never pays well, his what, bills. Well, why do people, can, I mean, they know this. This is not new. You know, like, he has a history of this behavior, yet people continue to try to do business with him. Um, he has a history of not listening to his legal team, yet people continue to hop onto his legal cases. So I, that's what I cannot square in my mind. And, you know, like, if you have cases pending in that many different levels of the judicial system, you know, probably says you're a criminal. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. And, and I think you're getting to the crux of the matter. Um, and I, and I, you know, I, and you're going to start to see a lot of, a lot of people with sane minds on the conservative side and also on the progressive side saying enough with the bullshit, Merrick, indict this son of a bitch, like indict him because we can't, I mean, it, it's just like this. He, he's, he knows he's, he knows he's playing a game and he's as long as relentless and he, right. He will keep trying, and his main game, and one that he is very good at, is delaying, delaying. And sneaking, and get it out of, getting out of accountability and responsibility. Mm -hmm. he, he gets out of it, and then he tries to settle it, right? But, like, he's, oh, okay, okay, okay. That's what he tried to do with uh, um, Tish James. He after, when she right. was about to yeah. come down with that civil lawsuit, they tried to, they said, okay, we'll pay y'all $50 million, man, what's up? Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. was like, "Hell no! I put in way too much work for this. I'm taking you down." Because mm -hmm. he's so, gonna—he he thinks that by the, you know, after so much of the back and forth, and it's like a way of wearing you down. Like, and, and it's like hoping you get to the point where you, I just want this to go away. I'm tired, but I—I right. I am never gonna be tired of wanting him to have accountability. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, top takeaways um, to answer the question. Um, I forgot who it was earlier. Um, she was asking about uh, Clarence Thomas. I know it's emotional with us because like, we don't like Clarence Thomas. And I, I, honestly, I haven't liked him for a long time. I, I just think he's an embarrassment to the. To, uh, hey, hey, Mark. I mean, it's just embarrassing going in and out. I'm like disgusted by the. Hey Mark, 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 you're dialing really bad. Check, check, Mark, check your mic. What's this? Back there. Can you hear me? You're still a little garbly. You're still a little. Uh oh, I'm, I'm just. No. Sorry. Um. Um. Yeah. Let's. Okay. Now you're better. Back. Are you moving okay. or driving? Yeah. I'm, I'm moving around, uh, but I, I'm landing in anyway. it. So I'm just, I was just saying it's disgusting that, okay. that Clarence Thomas took Thurgood Marshall's spot on the Supreme Court. Um, that was a big travesty that Bush gave us. Um, and, you know, he's he's come to haunt that, that entire seat that Thurgood Marshall fought for. And, and I, every time I think of that seat, I think of, of his argument before the Supreme Court in the 1954 case of Brown versus uh, the Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas, that overturned in part Plessy versus Ferguson, which was another one of the Supreme Court's major disasters when it comes to equality in our country, besides Dred Scott versus Sanford um, in, in the uh, late 19th century. So, um, you know, that I, I just, I, you know, I've never liked Justice Thomas. I never respected his intelligence when it comes to law. 
and legal analysis or jurisprudence. Um, you know, they, they can call me whatever they want for not respecting him as a black man, but I just think that he's been an abomination um, to the existence of, of black people who have fought uh, tooth and nail for, for rights and for the soul of this country, for every right that, that we've gotten. I mean, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment were written uh, for the protection and equality of black people. Um, it's which, almost uh, somebody... sacrilege that he took Derry Good Marshall's seat. It, when it should have been, in, in spirit, it's Katanji Brown Jackson who has the seat of, of Derry Good Marshall. Uh, you're, you're, I, that's a great, I, I didn't even think of that, but you're absolutely right. The, the spirit of Thurgood Marsh is in Katanji, and I think, I think maybe somebody hit on, a couple people hit on it yesterday, um, and I, I want to keep on repeating it. And I, again, I'm landing. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I guess that's that, uh, I'm the grandson of a Baptist minister that says he's wrapping up. Uh, <laughs> the Reverend Nelson, the late Reverend Nelson Davis of Greater Newmont Herman Baptist Church uh, in Oakland, California, he always wrapped up, but it took an hour. I'm going to try to wrap up in 30 seconds. Um, Katanji Brown Jackson showed why uh, not only she was qualified, but she's she's a badass uh, when it comes to legal jurisprudence and making arguments. She took the argument to the conservatives and said, this is originalism that you like to argue. Um, so this is originalism that you like to argue. But let's talk about the, four, the original purpose of the 14th Amendment. I'm going to take your argument to you. If you're such an originalist, you have to think about this. And I love the way she did that. So I'll end with that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks for coming up um, and being so moved by the law that you felt uh, compelled to speak to it. So we love you. Um, so Eugene. Love you back. Eugene. All right, Eugene, check your mic. Jeez, I thought Mark was in a loud place or something, and it's you. I don't know what you're doing over there, what you're creating. My goodness. I hope it's being ordered in Mexican. I thought that was the night at the Apollo, and that was a Sandman coming to get me because my time was up. No, I don't know what Eugene is doing. I'm sure he's creating something, but uh, I thought it was you in your background. So sorry about that. Maybe Eugene's cooking. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what he's cooking up with. <laughs> he was into it. Um, so um, let me see who we've got. Uh, Carrie, then uh, Shauna, and then Miss Phyllis. And Pup. Hi, everybody. Um, I put up above about the Enablers Act. Um, they're asking us to contact our senators, which I will do. I just have, oh, I hate contacting my senators, but I do because I just feel like it's worthless because they're just such horrible Republicans. You still have completely. to make your voice heard. Yes, I'm going to do it. Even do though it. you know they're going to ignore it, you know, like yep. they know you're there. Be right. as pesky to them as they are to us in our democracy. Okay, I got to think of it that way. I needed you to give me a little rah-rah to get it done. Um, but, yeah, so I put information to support the Enablers Act because um, the U.S. and Australia don't have uh, anti-money laundering laws in place for non-bank entities, for individuals. So um, there's a coalition of Australia, Switzerland, Britain, Germany, the U.K., and the U.S. Uh, that I'm sure the Biden administration is working with to crack down on money laundering and corruption, which would be so fantastic, right? And I guess this is part of the NDAA, which is what? The National Defense Authorization Act. 
Um, so I'm not, I was trying to look to see exactly when this is going to be enacted or what, or is that like an amendment thing? If it's within the act or they, it's already in there. So they have to say no to the whole thing because that's included. I'm not sure, but, um, the information's up there if you guys want to check it out and I'm going to read a little bit more and then make my phone calls. Thank you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you and all the others like you who draw attention to things that need our attention and our efforts. Um, So, again, thank you for bringing it, and it's in the thread for today, and I will check it out as well because sometimes we have to um, kind of uh, coalesce around an urgent matter to send an urgent message. So um, thank you for bringing that up, Terry. Appreciate you being here. So next up, we've got Shauna. And um, whatever else you say, you know you have to tell us about the space this evening. Then Phyllis, then Pup. And I want to invite anyone else who's listening in the gallery to not be shy. Thank you for being here. But do come up, join in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. So Shauna, how are you today? Thanks. I'm good. Um, and I wanted to say something first before I talked about that. So I shared something earlier. You know how we all were kind of complaining about um, different posts showing up on our feed from like conservative people. And I guess oh, someone I else. Saw can, that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so that's happening to them too. And I commented on their thing. I'm like, well, we don't want to see your stuff either. <laughs> but I'm glad that it's not just <laughs> us. It's happening to, you know, because I thought, you know, a few weeks ago, like, why am I seeing stuff from these people I don't, you know, know, or these famous or these pseudo famous people, like, I don't follow these people. Why am I seeing stuff from them? Why are they in my newsfeed? You know, and I was just muting them or blocking them. Like, I don't want to see what they have to say. But I mean, I guess it's happening to those people too. But I'm like, well, our stuff is based in truth. You know, their stuff is based in, you know, lies and bigotry, you know, but (laughs) there was a lovely response. Yeah. You know, they're like, why, you know, why is this stuff popping up? Okay, well, I don't want to see your stuff either. So that makes two of us. But um, that that was good to know that it wasn't just happening to us and there was not like a like a GOP agenda or something being forced on everybody. I think it looks Twitter like is just playing around with their <laughs> Yeah, they algor- are. They're playing around with their algorithms, and I yes. think they're allowing other, um, what do they call them, APIs or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, to be used, which is also jacking up the algorithms. So, Yeah, for sure. So I thought I'd just share that. Um, and then so about um, the space this evening, so um, yes, it is at uh, 6.30 Central Time. Um, uh, Bobby's made my co-host, and then we brought another co-host, um, Respect is Earned. So... Um, if there are any questions, um, they're going to be handled by DM because there are so many um, guests tonight that there's probably not going to be time and there's not going to be really space to bring up Smart. any. Yeah, well, there's not really going to be space to bring up people to ask questions verbally, unfortunately. And we're going to have to rotate out the candidates anyway. So um, if there are any questions, um, please um, send them to my DM or Bobby's or Respect is Earned. Um, but, you know, I think most of the questions that uh, we have for them, uh, you know, I, I think most people's answers will be covered. But if they happen to be in your area or someone you know and there's a specific question, please do send it and we'll ask it for you. You know, but um, also I know there's some chaos agents that we're trying to infiltrate and they're not getting in the space. So 
I was definitely blocking quite a few people yesterday, and I will continue to do so today. So, Well, you know, you're going to have to be on your P's and Q's, and I know, oh, Bobby, sure. you've got great co-hosts, and Bobby is very familiar with doing that, so we're looking forward yes. to it, and all of the people in the space will be looking out, too. Oh, yeah, always, always, and and I, I mean, and there's people getting blocked that won't have entrance at all, so I'm... <laughs> was very clear on shutting that down because I there are some people like what about this candidate I'm like they don't qualify as a candidate in my eyes so no <laughs> no not at oh, all that was so, hilarious and I, thought, I wow yeah. they, they really tried one no they, actually, they tried and no absolutely not so one of them actually dropped into the space yesterday and they dropped some nonsense into the um the conversation feed um, right. And I, yeah. I, mute, I muted it like, now nah, we're not, ha- you couldn't come up to speak. So you thought you would still co- try to jump into our conversation. So, you know, it's not there, but, you know, nope. good, good so, try. <laughs> right. So when I noticed, you know, when I noticed some, the space was getting shared around, I noticed some people were getting tagged. I'm like, nope, blocked and blocked. You're not even allowed to even come in. So, nope, not allowed. So, um, yes, any questions, please send uh, by DM because I do, you know, if they're, if they are, if they are in the areas that, you know, people, you know, or you happen to live in, then yes, I want your specific question answered. But most of the, most of the questions are pretty, um, pretty specific for the last few weeks of a campaign. I mean, they're the questions we normally ask people in here. So, but again, if something is missing or something more specific you want to know, please send that to us. and We'll make sure that it gets asked. But again, I just thank you all for your support, and I think tonight's going to be really great. So thank you again. Thank you. Well, thank you for the awesome work that you have been doing and are doing by hosting this space and highlighting these candidates. Um, I think it, it it's a great work that you're doing, very needful and very time, uh, timely. And we certainly will be there to support you to get to know the candidates and figure out how we can support them and also ensure, help you ensure that it is a safe, you know, and informative space. Um, so we're going to help ensure that happens as well. So no worries there. And we're all excited and looking forward to this. So, yeah, I, you know, sometimes um, you, you know, we all go to spaces and stuff all the time, but, you know, there are some that when they occur, because it doesn't happen all the time, you really do get excited about like, you know, <laughs> so this is one of those. And so I am looking forward to it. And again, hats off to you. So proud of you and uh, looking forward to it. So did you have anything else that you'd like to share with us? Uh, no, no, that's it. Uh, see you guys at 630 Central Time. And, oh, I apologize in advance. Uh, if you're an Android user, um, please try to listen on a device because I don't know how that's going to work. Sorry in advance. So. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and just be patient. You know, Twitter has its glitches, and it definitely does not want people in this community to be great. <laughs> they continue to mess with us, so... Uh, just overall, just be patient. We know it's going to go well. So, um, again, um, thanks again. And um, we're going to be looking forward to it and seeing you over there tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, and I'll, Phyllis, I'll put it in the nest. I'll put it up here. Thank you. Appreciate that. Miss Phyllis, you are up next. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I knew Clarence Thomas was not going to be anything. From from way back, I know he's Catholic, but did he take an oath of silence his first twenty years on the on the bench? 
he he never spoke. So that's 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 how you know he wouldn't crap. The only time he Yeah, it seems like he, he just recently found his voice, huh? Yeah. As soon as as soon as um what that guy that that guy um that guy that died uh Scalia. Guy, Scalia. Yeah, thank you. And um I, I I'm glad that you like Boy George because he's he's my he's my top favorite anyway. I love yes, uh, Miss Phyllis, you and I do love him. I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, and, and it's, it's 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 a long time. It's a long time since I was. That was know, our era. That yeah, was some good music. <laughs> exactly. Um, DeSantis, I hate him with a hot passion. He's worse than um than Trump. Because Trump, he's smarter than Trump. He's cynical. He knows how to how to uh, press words because his wife is a former um, news anchor in, in my um, in my city. That fool's from Jacksonville, and I'm ashamed every day. Man, him and Pat Boone, him and Pat Boone are the two people I don't like. Born in our in my city, God, and and uh, and those. Um, Eugene was playing those boots that were made for a walk for walking by um by Nancy Sinatra, her one hit. I know, he's a mess. I know yeah. he is. He's working on some material. That's what he does. So yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was Mark. I couldn't really hear. I thought, it, I, <laughs> no, thought I had I, tricks up to myself. I said, wait a minute. I thought Mark, you know, because he said he was moving and, I, you know, I know he teaches. I'm like, okay, maybe he's somewhere on the campus and he, you know, has no control over the background and we're trying to get his voice no matter what. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It happens. So. Yeah, but, man, we need to get rid of this fool. Get get um, Demons in the Senate and get and get that fool out of the um, the governorship. Yes. Every time um, I see him, every, he, 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 I, as much as I, I don't like seeing Trump. He he is is personal with him, with him because the food is from my 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 city. I keep saying that, but I right but, no, but Miss Phillips, I do understand that. You know, I really get that. You know, for you, there's a more visceral level of disgust. Um, but I do have a question. I haven't seen much in the news about this. How did Mar-a-Lago uh, fare from, you know, as far as damage or anything? Is there, Are there any reports going on there around it? Haven't heard. I haven't heard too either because I don't give two flips about that. Yeah, I know, but I, I kind of, <laughs> I, I'm still kind of interested because, you know, I just, you know, I don't I know. Yeah, I think if some damage would have been done, they would have been able to, I would have seen it on, online or somewhere. Damn. Well, Trump probably would have had he would have had it in a rally or or been using it for to fundraise and posting pictures. (laughs) I don't know how people. You know what? The um, the case with um, Trump people people think that they're gonna be able to change him. Why do people give their money to Madoff and he made off with their money because because they no you didn't say that (laughs) because they let people they let. White people, all white men, always get the benefit of the doubt. You wait, think wait, wait! Was that, that was, was that a double entendre? The first time on Democracy First was that a double entendre? I don't know if it was the first time, but it was a good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Madoff, yeah. Madoff, 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 Madoff. That's a double entendre, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this, 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 it counts. You think, you think he going to change because you think you're going to be the one to change him? If nobody, no, I mean, because, you know, he did he not, he being um, lump, as, as 2K likes to call him, did he not tell the um, the story about the, um, what is it, the snake, you know, um, crossing the lake or the ocean or whatever, not changing, basically a leopard not changing their spot, you know, it, you've heard that that story, right, Miss Phyllis? Yeah, How, something about a scorpion in it. That's whatever. what it was. I said snake, but I a scorpion, yeah. like, yeah, like, you knew what I was when, you know, you, you let me on your back or whatever, but, I mean, like I said, he 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 has um, no shame and, and um, you know, really saying loud and proud who he is, what he's about, and they seem to lap it up. Yeah, you're not going to change people. That man's seventy something years old. You think he's gonna change now? And these and the, I don't know what these lawyers who they think is it's it's almost to the point where they, they just take they know they ain't gonna get paid, so I don't know what the hell they doing. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Like you know, like the supporters. I mean, yeah, that's that's kinda just a vote, maybe um a donation here and there, but <clears throat> To like spend hours and, and time and possibly your reputation and with some of them possibly your license to support this man. I don't get that kind of devotion. I'm sorry. There, there's, not, <laughs> there's not enough publicity in the world to make me lose my values. No. But I guess that goes to show you you hit on the key word there, Miss Phyllis, values. I because, you know, I don't think they have any. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Always uh, glad to have you come up and join in the conversation. I know you're always here supporting us, and we I, I love it when you're here and um, love it even more when you come up and share in the conversation. So thank you for doing that today, and we are going to continue praying for your community there, regardless of the leadership that you have in place and in spite of the leadership that you have in place, praying that, um, you know, because we are in a an election that that is able to go forward without any problems for all the people and that the people speak up and speak out uh, for, you know, good leadership there because he's not it. But, uh, Pup, you're next, and we are getting into the wind-down uh, phase of our conversation today. So if you're listening in the gallery and you'd like to join in before we close, please request the mic. And if you are already here um, on the stage, uh, raise your hand for some final thoughts before we close out. Yeah, well, I put my hand up when Graham was talking about uh, 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 GMOs. And so this is going to go back about an hour. I hope you guys can tolerate it. Um, yeah, I, for me, GMOs are still, you know, the jury's still out. Um, I don't think they've been around long enough uh, to really know if there's a problem. I also kind of have a problem with them because uh, a lot of these uh, seeds are engineered so that you can't uh, t- 
turn them into, in other words, you can't harvest the seeds and then replant them. I predict there's a term for that, and I know I'm spacing it. So I got kind of problem with that, which forces farmers to go back and rebuy the same seed versus keeping a portion of their harvest so that they can, you know, reseed their property. I also agree with Graham's comment about uh, all this technology should be open sourced, and that would prevent the debacle that Monsanto did. Uh, where a farmer plants a non-Monsanto uh, uh, seed, and, but the farmer next to him plants a Monsanto seed, and then you get a, a little bit of cross-germination, and then Monsanto, after he harvests, Monsanto comes in and sues him, the farmer that didn't plant the Monsanto seed, for uh, 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 theft of a genetically patented modified product. Uh, and Monsanto went to the point of creating an army of inspectors that roamed the country looking for those situations. So they, in fact, could uh, uh, initiate those thousands of lawsuits against small regional family farmers. Uh, yeah, and, you know, gen- generically speaking... You know, if you're not doing gene uh, gene splicing, I think we need to be really, 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 really careful when we do that with long-term studies before it becomes, uh, you know, readily or something in particular becomes readily acceptable um, or considered to be, quote, quote, safe. Because anyway, and I'll get off my soapbox. Thanks, Dee. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, we've got um, Donna. Uh, I'm sorry, um, the um, uh, Sean who has come up. I'm going to get her, uh, Sean, and then um, Fish and Donna. How are you today, Sean? I am doing well. How are you doing today, Dee? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Um, good afternoon. Good morning to um, some folks here. Uh, this will be my little bit of, of politicking for Ohio. Okay. So we know we are now into the season of them taking, uh, early votes. Remember, do not put your ballots in the mailboxes. If you're going to mail it, please go to the post office because we still have folks out here that are actually stealing mail. From the post office, post office box on the uh, corners. And the last one I knew that took place was not that far from my house. So uh, please keep that in mind. You can also, uh, and the attorney general only has one drop box per county. So make sure, and that is at your local board of elections. So you can actually drop it in the box there or actually go in and vote early. Uh, in terms of the governor, I, I have at this point given up and figured out that Mike DeWine is going to be reelected, even though he has no business being reelected in this state, but he has more money than Nan Whaley and has refused to do a debate. And I said to Nan Whaley on Twitter, and she didn't respond to me, which is fine, 
girl, have a debate anyway, and dare him to uh to not show up. That's all I need you to do so folks can find out what's going on. Uh this coming Monday will be the only statewide debate between Tim Ryan and JD Vance. JD Vance uh was floundering in terms of money um and uh was given an infusion of cash the uh the republicans have come in and uh have given tim ryan tax and tim nickname and so <laughs> it's been a, a very interesting so as a result the the polls right now have them very very close and i'm hoping someone mentioned last night in another space about Sherrod Brown. And I really had hoped that Tim Ryan would have talked to Sherrod Brown because Sherrod Brown has the magic mojo. It doesn't matter if they are Republican or Democrat in this state. They love Sherrod Brown. <laughs> so he is the They person. do. I like him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You should have talked to this man. He knows what to do <laughs> in the state of Ohio. All right. That is my little bit of politics. I have a question for Graham because my ear perked up. So I did um, pulled up an article regarding the sickle cell um, uh, work that they're doing right now. And uh, you had stated that it would fix in terms of if you're the parent, you or if you're an adolescent, that it would fix uh, the gene so you would no longer have, or uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, would no longer pass that genetically to additional offspring. So is it that they are, uh, what's being injected does more than just change the shape of the blood cell itself from being a sickle to a normal blood cell or are they going as far as actually changing the mutation that causes the sickle cell um, trait in the first place? Yeah, that would be it, they're altering the genetic code. Okay. I have to say this. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it is awesome. Uh, and that's with the CRISPR, the CRISPR Cas9 technology. And it's uh, very reliable. And I know, uh, Pup, you talked about GMOs and, um, you know, that's a different discussion. Uh, but this is for people. So there's like diabetes, there's heart disease, there's just so many things that they can, you know, look at your specific genetic, um, makeup and say, you know, I, uh, they can basically, uh, fix the genetic code itself. And, and, you know, aside from genetic mutations, natural genetic mutation, um, you know, the, the hypothesis is, and we'll see, is that, yeah, future offspring, uh, will care, it's, it won't carry that, um, that genetic error. So it, there's just so much, um, opportunity there. Um, and they're investing a lot of money. And I just think that, you know, it should be open source because, Typically what happens is, you know, the taxpayer funds this incredible research and then it's handed off to uh, a corporation where you can't afford to buy it. So that's, but yeah, it is incredible. 
And uh, um, the woman that uh, uh, innovated that technology won a uh, Nobel Prize. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Uh, All right. I, I'd I like certainly to add, hope. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Puck. I'd like to add that CRISPR-Cas9, tech, that technique is incredibly precise. You can literally slice out one gene pair. It's amazing. Shut up. Oh, wow. And, and that becomes amazing considering that uh, a human DNA strand has eight, is it eight million or eight billion yes. uh, base pairs and you can literally go in and cut out just one. It's amazing. It's incredibly powerful. And by the way, yeah, I'm I'm diabetic, so I am really closely following the three or four laboratories that are working on cure uh, on a uh, gene therapy to cure diabetes. Oh my God! Please get that done tomorrow morning. Well, I just I D I just quickly wanted to add here uh, before mm-hmm. I I finish this out is that um, you know this would also be applicable to uh, uh, cancer. And cancers are genetic uh, and built with your genetics. Uh, so again, uh, what would they? They would actually just take a sample of the genetics of the cancer and literally be able to pump out a vaccine for you in less than a day. You know, and that's something that uh, should be available um, around the world. You know, I totally agree with you, Graham. That that that's a major game changer, especially given the fact that. Um, they have seen an increase of diabetes globally in, in, in uh, communities that normally did not have uh, diabetes, but that was due to what their exposure was uh, from the diet. So, so total, total game changer um, uh, would completely eliminate the need to have to <laughs> have to track your blood, uh, your blood sugar levels. And uh, and having to have something either uh, ingested or having to prick yourself or whatever it is that you need to do. And I'm, I'm speaking as a daughter of two parents that were uh, type two diabetic. I had a grandmother that was type two diabetic. So uh, the diabetes definitely can be uh, both diabetes, but it can also be um, genetic based. So this would definitely be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And with that, mm-hmm. I'll lay out my plan. Well, thank you guys so much. Always love the great lessons that uh, occur in this space. But, you know, who would um, definitely be uh, lobbying against and fighting that kind of scientific advancement, and that would be Big Pharma. This is why the Disclose Act is so important, because many of the advances and things that could um, come about to help our community, our country, are actually being stopped, uh, being funded um, to to stop. So thank you guys so much for a great conversation. Um, and I'm so glad that you had an opportunity to join in today, uh, Sean. So up next, we've got Fish and then Donna. And um, I'm going to start to wrap up and give Eugene an opportunity for some final thoughts and um, close this out today and um, definitely invite you guys to join us again where we will gather to um, support Shauna and uh, the 
um, candidate, black candidate roundtable at 6.30 p.m. Central today. So, all right, Fish, you're up, and then Donna. Thanks, Dee. Hi, everybody. Uh, Hi. Yeah, uh, reminder on the CRISPR technology uh, brought to us by two women. So always good to celebrate that fact. It almost uh, goes without saying these days. Some of it. <laughs> well, there you right, right. With anything, uh, anything that has to do with progress, right? So uh, um, I was just, uh, I just came up uh, because, well, it again, not to divert things, but it's a, it's a heavy reporting week for economic data. And I put some stuff up into the the nest. Um, the the last thing I posted was just in case anybody is looking at either a refi or deciding to make a move or anything like that. The uh, the cities with the biggest change in annual income needed to afford a home over the last two years. Um, you know, in case anybody wants to know whether or not they're overpaying for something or likely to be. Uh, you know, some of these numbers are astonishing, but. It's not always the cities you'd expect, you know, like uh, I know somebody who's looking at Riverside, California, and you know, that's up 96 percent, you know. So um, some of the other cities you might expect, Miami, of course, but uh, just for anybody's edification, if they're looking at anything like that. Um, but uh, just be aware on Friday we're getting a wage number. Uh, the reason I think that's important, I think I put it in the nest. Well, I tried to at least anyway. Uh, I was in here talking about the job openings number coming down pretty sharply, which I was spinning as positive news from an electoral standpoint, shows that the Fed is getting something done and so on. Uh, one thing I left out of that is that layoffs have actually started to tick up. So that's, uh, that's good news for the Fed, bad news for the rest of us in the sense that the whole purpose to this is really to cause some pain. And um, it is starting a little bit. Um, not seeing a huge number change in unemployment or quitting just yet, but layoffs are picking up a little bit. And so I'll see if I can get this back up in there. But what, we, what we'll be looking for is whether or not wages drop on Friday as well, because with less openings, you'd like to see real wage growth going up. And we haven't seen it yet. So just that. And uh, part of the reason that I bring those up is just for this sort of continual economic backdrop going into midterms because I saw that you put, uh, I think Mark had posted uh, a tweet about the OPEC plus decision. And, uh, you know, I see people out there like our one of our favorites, that Casey Hunt, K Hunt, whatever, um, from CNN, talking about how this could be an October surprise. Um, again, not telling anybody what they should or shouldn't say, but I will just remind people that if we respond to things like that, we draw attention to it and validate it um, because the sad truth is that could really be an October surprise. Um, this will not bode well if they go through with the two million barrel cut. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of a I don't want to say it's a bad look. It's just, you know, Biden clearly went over there and made the overtures to get more get more oil for a reason. And we can cut into our strategic reserve, but we're already at 30% burn through on that. That's a record. Um, we don't really want that to be the answer. And, um, you know, a lot of us want to get out there and be political and say, you know, OPEC is doing something good for the oil companies and for the GOP right before midterms. Yes, that, that actually is true. But, you know, these gas companies make more money when we buy more gas. 
Um, to be clear, I mean, this is how I see it. People may not agree. OPEC's going at our Fed. They're not going at Biden um, because what's been going on, and I'll just, again, say it frankly, the Fed's been hiking rates to crush oil demand and send our economy into a recession pretty quick. Um, that sounds negative, but that's technically what the word is for it. OPEC, on the other hand, is cutting supply to offset, you know, this reduction in our oil demand and send our economy into a recession even faster. Why would they do that? So that the Fed has to cut rates. Now, that actually sounds good when we're talking about inflation concerns and all of that, but it's not. That's what the GOP wants. The GOP makes money when rates get cut. Um, but uh, if OPEC is pretty much whips on our Fed around, um, that makes us a little bit more powerless for what they actually are trying to do in terms of fixing our issues. So uh, I guess all I'm saying is this is kind of a problem. It would be a bad thing if they cut production uh, for us economically. And the only upside to the Fed being forced to lower their rates sooner than we expected in response to this, because, yes, if oil prices go up, they're going to want to cut rates because it'll definitely push us into a recession. Uh, perhaps it would be good globally um, because as strong as our dollar is, when our rates are going up, that's what's making things tough on everybody else at their central banks. So uh, perhaps OPEC benefits from that as well. But uh, anyhow, the net is it's not a great development right before the midterms. And economically, uh, we should focus on whether or not this actually helps us. And technically, it wouldn't. It would push us into a worse spot faster. But, um, yeah, sorry. That's all. <laughs> Thank you, Fish. I appreciate it. Um, and we look forward to your financial updates, whether they are uh, positive or, um, you know, not the most upbeat. Um, we count on you to give us the truth. So thank you uh, for coming and sharing your expertise with us. We really appreciate it. And I know you will continue to do that because we kind of need to know what's going on because we are here in the middle of a midterm and we know that um, the state of our economy is one of those things that is being used in the messaging, sometimes in real ways and sometimes, you know, kind of orchestrated. So I, I appreciate it when you can kind of come and give some clarity to that. So thanks a bunch. Appreciate it. And I think up next is Donna and then Nevin. How are you, Donna? Hello. I'm doing okay today. Oh, good. Just a little sinus headache, but other than that, I'm good. I, I, just to, <laughs> I just wanted to piggyback off of what Mark was saying about Clarence Thomas. Uh, my mother worked for EEOC when he was the head of EEOC, which is a government agency, Equal Opportunity Commission. And she talked about that man, him and Reagan. She say her job went from, excuse my French, sugar to shit. That's just how bad it was. Clarence Thomas didn't know nothing. He was just put there to totally destroy the agency. And he almost completely did. Charges that were bought, they weren't allowed to, to, to file the charges. Uh, people who had um, legitimate cases, 
they were like, no, we can't file this. And people who came in with fraudulent stuff were able to get theirs done. So it was a mess. And after he left, then we got the Bushes and the rest of them. So the agency never really got better. But under Barack, it did get better, even though she's retired. But, you know, she still got, you know, friends that work there. And they still say, you know, it's going to take a whole lot longer to try to fix well, this. When you destroy something to that extent over that um, period of time, it's not going to get repaired overnight. And I'm glad that you phrased it that way because essentially that's what the former guy did when he got in office with every department within our government. Essentially install people to destroy it from within. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's pretty much what he did. And like the National Labor Relations Board, she worked for them as well. And she was saying, like, even under Republican judges, I mean, um, Republican presidents, they never tried to just destroy the agency. They would do little underhanded stuff. She said, but Clarence Thomas, when he came in, it was just a totally different ball game. It was like she, it was his sole agenda? Yes. Like, they may have had maybe 100 cases they had to do for the month. When he came in, it went up to 300. They didn't want to give any, um, you know, and, and she had to do a lot of work at home, and there was no extra money involved. You just had to, you know, make it do what it do. And when he became the nominee, when I tell you that lady walked around the house and she, some of the words that came out of her mouth, I was like, oh, my, that's my mama? <laughs> yes, that's just, she said she'll tell you, I hate Clarence Thomas with a purple passion. So, yeah. So, Mark, you're right. When you say he is the worst, he, yeah, he was the worst before he became a judge. And now he got some, a little bit more power. Oh, yeah. He feeling himself. Yeah, uh, he, he has definitely become more outspoken. So you can tell that there's a certain amount of confidence and it's kind of like he's just been sitting back, biding his time and waiting and I feel like they have been kind of um, waiting for him that. to he, have He got a cohort moment. now. He has yeah. a cohort in his wife. Mm -hmm. And I think all along, I think, I mean, they've always known this woman. I mean, I, I don't buy that. But, I mean, back during time, I'm talking about she wasn't, you know, no, you, you knew nothing about her. But after he became a Supreme Court judge, you start hearing a lot more about her. And so that's how she was influencing. Like, right. And and using his influence. And I feel like her knowledge, you know, from, you know, um, oh, yeah, you know, he needs to be kicked off. He need to be kicked off the court for unethical for his ethics. And she need to go to jail. And like I say, like just for like for Melania and Ivanka. Yeah, she get a, a, a pink jumpsuit. We won't put her in orange. We'll be nice and, you know, go with the color and give her pink. Yeah, but insurrection has consequences, and certainly if you're the one uh, paying and planning it. You know, I don't care if you weren't the one, you know, going up the the steps of the Capitol and breaking windows, but you were the one who bust people there, who um, amplified it, who uh, got support for it. And um, so, yeah, she needs to be... Um, punished she needs to have some consequences exactly and because um, she's still I was boycotting public for a while 
I boycotted Publix for a while because one mm-hmm. of their um executives, that female lady, yep, she had a part in it too, mm-hmm. donating money. I said, okay, fine. I'm going to stop buying your stuff, but there's only one who got boys here. So I was like, oh, damn. So that made it a little hard, but yeah. Yeah, I think we all pretty much feel the same way, but that's an interesting, um, you know, additional layer of understanding around who he is, that your mom had that personal experience and um, interaction with him. So, again, I think it speaks to what Miss Phyllis said. You know, they don't change. You know, they they are who they are, and I think they've just gotten better and better at – no, he's gotten worse as a person. Right, but better at exercising their agenda. Yeah. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So how are things otherwise uh down in uh Florida? Well, you know, I'm in Miami, so we didn't really get, you know, hit like hard with the we had a little wind, we had a couple of tornadoes touch down, but we didn't get a lot of, you know, like destruction. We had more flooding than anything because it took my backyard about a week to finally absorb. I had a whole pool. It went to a kiddie pool. Then it finally dissipated. But other than that, that was pretty much, you know, just flooding. That is so good. And I feel so, um, I'm happy that a lot of the people that we know in this collective community from Florida no one has really been. No, the only people I know that have really been hit hard, and that's as far as their power. That's um, Madam um, President and uh, Miss Morgan, because I know I don't know if they got their power back yet. I know they hadn't got it back as of Friday. So I'm still trying to find out about them. And Joni, we haven't heard from her because she's up in Central Florida. She did come in like maybe like a day or so after. I'll mm-hmm. DM her and find out. And she seemed to express that everything was, you know, kind of okay in her immediate area. Right. But, but you I know they had an article. They had an article that came out uh, in Naples and Fort Myers. You know, they have like pockets of the black community there. And they were complaining and saying that, you know, they're only worried about the coast. What about us? We don't have no power. Anytime something happens, we're always the last ones to get our power back. I saw that. Yes, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, that's typical Florida. That ain't nothing new. There's nothing new. And certainly but, to be expected with the kind of governor that you have. I mean, exactly. If he can, if he can I live through the hurricane, Charlie Chris. Okay. Mm-hmm. They had more programs, D, when I tell you they had programs, if you were out of power for more than two weeks, they had programs set up where they would help you buy a generator. They had other programs where if, you know, you had food in your refrigerator or whatever and your food went bad, they sent you vouchers or checks. If you were in the um, food stamp program, they would double and they doubled those for like six months after the hurricane. 
So that's what I'm saying. Charlie Chris, no. Never. We'd have never experienced this if he'd have been governor. Never. It wouldn't have been like this. Because I remember when, God, I can't remember which um hurricane it was. It was five days before this thing was supposed to make landfall. He told all them people over there on Miami Beach and them barrier islands. He said, look, I need y'all to start moving now. He said, it's better to be safe than sorry. If it doesn't hit you, okay, you don't lose nothing. But if it does, this will save your life. And I, I just can't understand why them people listen to this man when he when he when they talk about giving them what was it twenty four hours or forty eight hours to evacuate? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. But I wouldn't listen to that. That just shows you the difference in real leadership. You know, that's what that points to. Oh, and, and one people. more thing, one more mm -hmm. thing. It was um a lady tweeted. I can't not remember her name. She said that. Her daughter lost her baby due to the hurricane. She's in the hospital, and they refuse to do the procedure on her that she needs because of the band. And this lady said, if my daughter dies, they will never, ever forget seeing me. So, yeah, people, it has real effect, this abortion ban, for people who have not, you know, for whatever the circumstances have been. You have people who are going to die. And the natural and disaster them, is not her fault. Right. And some of them don't care. Like, I mean, some of them just straight out say, it, we don't want any exceptions for the mother's life, any of that stuff. And basically that's saying they don't care if you die. True. And it is known medical fact that during a hurricane, the barometric pressure drops, which can cause you to go into labor, whether you are, well, usually it doesn't happen to, I think after six months, but the simple fact of the matter that it can happen. Because I know when um, Irma came through, my daughter was eight and a half months pregnant, and we had to take her to the hospital. We had, and I had to stay with her. And you should have seen the people who was going into labor just from the barometric pressure dropping. I think they had like 12 babies born that, in between that time. So, yeah, it's true. And this is going to be a sad day when all these people turn around and sue because their loved ones have died because of stupidity. And you know, it's just a matter of time when um, that starts to happen, when the, the true um, real-life reports and, and results start getting uh, report it because now you're you're really still in the the early stages and um, I appreciate you bringing these stories to light and we look um, we are um, hoping that you guys who live there will continue to let us know what's going on. I did see a, a tweet or something featuring some people in an area, they were African-American, saying 
pretty much what you had said, but none of us are really surprised by that. But we definitely do need to call it out because I think we have an administration when those things are called out. They will seek to um, address them if possible. So did you have anything else that you wanted to uh, add? Just one more thing. Um, I retweeted the um, the tweet that Dawn, when they were showing when um, President Biden and um, First Lady Jill Biden touched down, that DeSantis wasn't there. I say, to see, I'm, I'm, I, ooh, I'm so ratchet and petty that if DeSantis had been there, I'd have been one of the ones that turned around, dropped my drawers and say, kiss it. Not the streak. Okay. <laughs> That's why I could never hold public office because I would do it. Did you say something? Yes, I was. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just chatting away. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's like the silence. Uh, uh, she, Donna had me laughing. So <laughs> just, I thought about the me period too. That, that you remember that period we lived through, Donna, and, and Phyllis will remember this too. The streak. Remember that? <laughs> yes, I remember. People was running through the street fucking naked. <laughs> and when and that said, didn't only happen in your areas in time. I mean, it was everywhere. It was just a thing. And, you know, like uh, games and, and all sorts of things. So that's what that reminded me of when you said that. And also someone had a clip where they said Biden was speaking and they could see um, Santa's kind of standing off in the background or something. So uh, I just like I said, I had you, what you said just gave me some funny uh, visuals in my head. <laughs> But uh, we've got Miss Phyllis and Claudia and Carmen who've come up. Um, so, again, thank you for being here. And um, if you have any final thoughts, then, you know, raise your hand up and we'll give you an opportunity before we close out here. So, hello, Claudia. How are you? I'm sorry, uh, Miss Phyllis, Claudia, and Carmen. Okay, thank you. I just want to... Um... Magic Johnson announced his HIV status the same time that the Anita Hill um, hearings were going on. And to say I was pissed off because I loved Magic Johnson at the time, and I thought that was a death sentence. I thought he was going to be dead by now. But anyway, because I was going to school, and I had this, I, I'm sure people saw this, I had this mad look on my face, like I was pissed. If you got on my face, you would have been, you would have been um, sorry at that time. And um, Miss Donna, I can't go to Publix or Chick Fil A, and I love Chick Fil A, but I can't, I can't, I can't support batshit crazy businesses that I know of. If I know your, if I don't know your politics, I, I, it's okay. I can, I can, I can um go to you, but but if I if I know your politics ain't shit, you ain't getting my money. And I love those um Chick Fil A nuggets. And those on waffle fries. But, no. I agree, Mr. I boycotted them for five years. I ain't bought as much as a soda from Chick-fil-A in five years. Yeah. As soon as I realized realized that um, they were anti-gay, I said, oh, no, no. 
Yeah. Don't forget Hobby Lobby. Yeah. I ain't never, I ain't, I don't know. I, I don't well, I'm a crafter, so that one was a hard one for me. I haven't been yeah. to Hobby Lobby either. <laughs> yeah. This, this is really encouraging for me here. I mean, you know, so two plus three plus four, you know, each one of us that chooses not to go to those establishments because of these insane positions that they've taken, you know, it does have an effect on them. It does. Like that's a million, that's a million hamburgers not sold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you have to sometimes, and and that's the power of uh, our voice uh, because our, our we can vote with our wallets too and where we choose to spend or not spend our money. And, you know, again, it is something that we need to continue to talk about and keep in mind because many of these companies are actually, um, funneling um, and and uh, money to uh, people who wanted to overthrow uh, our government. I mean, they're funding the destruction of our democracy. So um, I don't feel sorry for them, and I think that we need to hold them to account. And one of the easiest ways is for us not to spend money with them. And then, you know, these places where they advertise to write to those places and to, you know, boycott them as well. But uh, were you finished, Miss Phyllis? Did you have anything else? And I remember the Magic Johnson moment, too, because it just goes to show you, like, how um, science and medicine, it evolves. And, and people, you know, should understand that. And, and that's why it angers me sometimes when people, you know, were getting on to Dr. Fauci about changing, you know, that you know, information or whatever. I'm like, that's how science and medicine works, you know, as, as new information is, is gathered, then, you know, it, you uh, work with that new information and, you know, like these people don't believe in science anyway, so they find any reason to discount it. But I, I, that always made me angry when they did that. Cause it's just like, that's so basic, you know? As, yeah. As my, as my mother used to say, if God, to the Jehovah Witnesses, if God didn't make, want us to use blood transfusions, then he wouldn't have told, showed us how to do it. Okay. He gave, you know, us the technology and the gifts and the information. So, yep. Understand yeah, that, so, too. And I, I, yeah. Let me not get into religion. Let me go. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Miss Phyllis. Thank you. We love you. And um, like I said, stay safe down there and keep us updated. Let us know how you're doing and how things are going. So up next, we have Claudia, then Carmen, and then Graham. Thank you all. I think all of the, uh, we're down to just the few textile stores that are all really retro ownership. I'm not sure what we can do anymore. I'm just, I've got a trunk full of, of fabric that I've kept for, you know, decades. So I guess I'll have to work that, but I'm going to pivot now to the bigger topic is I'm, you're all hearing coverage about the hurricane hazards and liabilities and all that. And they're missing the story, the accurate story on what Florida's history in coastal zone management is. They're all, NPR got close yesterday, if people heard all things considered. But is it appropriate for me to just put a little history in growth management in the state of Florida that deals with the hurricane consequences we're watching closely now? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I, I'm glad that you said that because it's something that, like, it's a story that, you know, I heard many moons ago, and I think it's relevant again now. So continue. Thank you. So I was an urban planner in Florida, worked for the State Land Planning Agency from 1984 and until 1988. Well, the last year I was with the Department of Natural Resources and involved with the state land acquisition program. So I was working in coastal zone management and implementing the Growth Management Act that required all local governments to adopt growth management plans that dealt with, and I'm not going to go way into the weeds. I'm going to try to read the room. I'm going to try to look down at my screen, see if people are like giving me thumbs down. So I speed it up. So, so what is missing is it's Bob Graham, then governor, set up so much of this careful planning that dealt with eventually mapping areas that were flood prone all around the state. And folks, you can imagine that's a lot of real estate. And he's trying to capture the low density development areas that could be mapped out that would no longer be receiving federal or state. I mean, it was the federal coastal zone protection stuff. And then there's the state uh, acts to limit and infrastructure investment and you can just fill in the blanks let your minds go all kinds of infrastructure roads sewers bridges everything so they could lower that liability and i want let me roll back one step up um you can all date coastal development you can just see it all starts after the national flood insurance protection act was enacted in 1968. No structures right on the coast are older than that year. So what you see now in the Fort Myers Beach area and all of those homes, they were all built because the loans were backed up by federal flood insurance. And you all know pretty much that Hurricane Sandy bankrupted that program. And you all are really sophisticated to know that This flood insurance program is a redistribution of wealth to people that can afford to build on property, on waterfront property. So you can see where this redistribution was pretty pernicious. But now, so Bob Graham's growth management agendas continued until it was starting to unspool around. I could see what was happening in 1988. And you know, all of you have, especially Miss, um, oh, uh, Miss, uh, Miss, okay, who was just talking about the Florida, living in Florida? Donna and Phyllis, Miss Phyllis. Miss Phyllis is talking about that too. So that um, Jeb Bush rolled in with his machine around 1988, I'm thinking. And that's when they all got set up. And they were unspooling one unbusiness friendly in their estimation, one enactment after the next. So uh, it was... People say uh, Chris could have helped, but it was. But Jeb Bush was already uh, being um, ha- had his pernicious influence on the decisions that were made. Now I know Brent uh, Trent Lott on the federal level was rolling back a lot of wetland protection that meant that 
enabled casinos to be built in the Gulf. And there, there's all these things that were sort of undermining that buffer that Mother Nature offers to deal with those storm surges and inundations and all that kind of thing. Are people with me? Can we get a, is that, am I making sense here? Mike, you bringing stuff? Uh, yeah, but you know, keep it uh, like not too far in the weeds. Okay. No, but so, yeah. but you can see all these institutions were set up and they're the, the redistribution part. And then there, then the enabling of all this building eventually when Jeb Bush and pre, and successive Republican governors and and then and on the state and the federal level uh, enabled more building in the coastal zone and there was the liability and we are seeing that in there's so much damage now and I, the I don't know that there's any money left uh, there isn't can't be any money in the National Flood Insurance Program but we know it's not been totally discontinued because people expect their loans to be covered by that federal program so it's um, that I just wanted to get that part in this. Jeb Bush is he's those receipts are his to undo what was very carefully thought out back in they said in the seventies by full full force by nineteen eighty two eighty three those are next. So um, it's there's some through lines with Republican leadership that have undermined sensible planning, and it's now we see it's traumatic. And it's expensive where we are in this moment. Okay, I think that's, I don't think there's any questions, but I wanted people to have a little sort of a long-term perspective and the partisan dynamic involved here. I appreciate you adding that because, again, it just points to how, like, studies have been done, information has been had for some time, people have um, had opportunities to uh, take advantage of this information and, and plan around it. But the way in which Republicans tend to do it is um, for, you know, short term, uh, short term selfish gains and um, not for um, the people. And it is important that we understand how far back this goes and how they just truly ignore science or any types of regulation around um, anything, especially infrastructure. And we just cannot continue to ignore that nor, um, you know, the climate change. And, and it's like they will continue to just like stick their head in the sand and just keep going forward. And, oh, they'll do something again, a patch in, you know, uh, the immediate disaster but then you just wind up back at the same place all uh, over again. The science, though, I, I heard it was a uh, UC Irvine, like right where I am, right in my neighborhood. An uh, engineer was interviewed a day or two ago, and his his history line doesn't go back. It's sort of like they don't understand. The engineers aren't talking to urban planners. That's a problem. That's a huge problem, that kind of siloing, that he is looking at, well, you know, we could be doing this kind of stuff. Well, he should know, he should be working with urban planners to say there has been precedents and they've been eroded and we have to start all over again. So that, that perspective is a problem. We can't, it's like the old adage, I know most of you heard this is every adolescent thinks that they're the first ones to discover sex. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like all these people are thinking they're the first ones to come up with the latest and greatest 
with any kind of environmental protection. No, they're, they've been there before. We need to bring those tools out and we need to find out why those tools aren't there anymore. Right. To, to utilize the information that is there. But I mean, someone spoke to it earlier. There has been, uh, I think, the situation uh, that Donna spoke uh, to about her mom's situation in the department of the EOC. It has always been in their nature, basically, to uh, destroy the, this type of information and these agencies that provide um, that and help. I remember when Trump took office, uh, and Graham, I think I've mentioned it before, and he was aware of it, but um, there was a department where there was scientific information being held. I think a lot of it was around climate um, change and, you know, the information around that. And they literally, they, they knew, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Graham can speak to this. He's a scientist. They know the behavior of certain uh, groups of people. So they were trying to protect this information and they literally moved it out of the United States to prevent it from being destroyed when Trump took office. So um, they have a pattern, and I think it was Miss Phyllis who said they're not going to change, and she's right. <laughs> so, uh, again, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We do have a couple other hands I want to get to, and um, I think that was good. So I'm glad that you kind of ex uh, expanded on that, Claudia. Up next is Graham and then Carmen and then Nevin. I'm sorry. Uh it's um, Carmen, Graham, and Nevin. Hi, Dee. I'm finally on my lunch time, so I can talk for a few minutes. I just, can you hear me? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yes, oh, sure. Great, mm -hmm. great. I just want to remind everyone, because, you know, it's so serious what happened in Florida. I mean, the COVID cases, the deaths. I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, we cannot forget what happened in the state of Florida. I know in Texas it happened also, but we cannot forget that. We have to call it out. This man has blood in his hands. We had so many deaths unaccounted for. I used to work for the Department of Health. The whole Department of Health is eroded. It's now eroded. I mean, they're not telling the truth. It's all about freedom and liberty uh, when it when it's, you know, to their benefit, you know, uh, when it's for our benefit, uh, you know, freedom and liberty, like, you know, what they did with Roe doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So um, I am concerned. I, I took my mom to a doctor's office. I usually take her to one of the, you know, because I know a lot of doctors here. So I usually take her to this, you know, trusted doctor. But, of course, he's seeing patients in the hospital. And with my shift change, I had to take her to a different doctor. So one thing I noticed when I got to Celebration uh, Florida, and, you know, I did my research. He's an internal medicine physician. I'm always up with, you know, get, checking their credentials, you know, all of those things. What, what, one thing that really stood out, and I was taken aback, you know, because I'm like, you know, doctor's office, people have different, uh, you know, they're immunocompromised, you know, um, they're at risk of, you know, get COVID is still around. I know people don't think that, but there is still, there's COVID deaths all the time, you know. Of course, they're not being reported. Well, nobody really had a mask on, not the doctor, not the staff, anybody. 
of course, you know, I love my Cuban folks, but some most of them are just way out there. They're Republicans, and you know how it goes. And, you know, of course, he's, he's you know, a Cuban physician. Uh, no mask. Didn't hardly even touch my mom. And I was, like, taken aback. I was like, oh, my gosh. I just need to get blood work, lab work, and then, you know, kick them to the curb. But, like I said, I mean, everything is just, you know, eroded here. They're thinking about, oh, we kept our, you know, we kept our businesses open. Everybody was flying over to Florida to open businesses because we had so much freedom. You know, all these freedoms that we had. But they're not remembering all the deaths that we had. We had, you know, Republican deaths. We had Democrat deaths, independent deaths. Like those freedoms come at at a at a human cost. Yes, and it's like we cannot forget that. And then this man, this governor, was making all this money pushing these drugs because they were pushing. They were donating to his, you know, to him. I mean, he gained so many million dollars for promoting these freaking, I don't want to curse, these freaking drugs. I mean, people were passing out at the freaking clinics. Right. What did they was, call those? Those oh um, my vi- gosh. Uh, um I know what you're anti-viral talking about. Antiviral drugs. Yes, the antiviral. Work, that did not work. Um, you know, just, I mean, just everything under the sun. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really pray to God that, you know, cause Val Demons is my rep in Orange County, Orlando, Florida. And I mean, you are blessed. Got, yes, I am blessed. And her husband, you know, is the mayor. And I'm like, but you know, even with that being said, when you remember when we were getting all those vaccines, and we would put on the back. Yes, we would put on the back. That burner. We and didn't you have a lot that expired? Didn't you have a lot? Yes, uh, yes, yes. We had... did, we did, and and then he was given all these uh, vaccines to like the ones that were like you know given donations to him, like the, the villages Rickerias. and such. Yes, like I have my neighbors, my Republican neighbors. They were getting getting vaccines in Lake County and they live in Orange County. Like, what the, you know. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. I'm just concerned that, you know, we, and they will do anything to, you know, they they say we steal elections. They will do whatever they can to get Republicans elected. Like, you know, I saw, I don't even know if it's true, but they were saying that, you know, Herschel Walker, um, I guess there was an abortion that he paid for, but one lady was like, oh, there's nothing wrong as long as we take the house. Oh, Carmen, you must listen to yesterday's space and Greg. On everything, you hear me, from articles (laughs) to uh, reputable (laughs) news, uh, you know, outlets and all of those things and science and research. I I just have to be because these people are crazy. And so I digress. I've been here 10 years. Um, you know, my blue friends from New Jersey, they're like, well, you know, nobody told you to move there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, you think they're not going to come after you, but you're not safe even in a blue state. So that is the thing. 
That is the thing, Carmen, because I feel like that is such an easy way to kind of, um, you know, dismiss people, <laughs> demographics and, and, and whole, you know, territories of, of our country by, you know, talking about like people like yourself and me and who are in um, these Republican states. I mean, we yes. are not. Um, it, we can only do so much, especially when we don't have representation. Our we voices don't. are suppressed um, and uh, dismissed, and we we're not helpless. And we are doing things to change it, but we do need help from the outside. We need um, we're going to have to claw back some some controls and a voice little by little. And I know there is a group of um, progressive thinking that has this ideology of just coming in and upsetting and turning the tables and the apple cart over and just demanding change. And, well, you know, like, and it's just not going to happen that way. And then right. it's like, what, what happens? What do you have to replace it with? Like you tear down everything and, and start fresh, you know, how, how great is that going to go? <laughs> well, all I'm saying is that we have so much going on. I think I don't know if you heard that the N N A N A what is N A double the the N A double N A C P double A C P N double A C P was speaking on what what occurred in um, Jackson Mississippi, and you know they have no representation also, and it's like oh my god like no drinking water like that's like one of our you know, necessities. Like when you look at the hierarchy, it's like, uh, water, food, you know what I mean? Like, yes. That's uh, like uh, uh, yes. Um, Maslow's, um, high, um, law exactly. of hierarchy. Yeah. And it's, it's the basic. And that's, that's how you know that they're so, um, like just, um, heartless because they would deny um, citizens those very basic, like these these aren't, you know, like premium privileges people are asking for. They're just asking for the basic, like, you know, clean drinking water. And, you know, and again, you mentioned Jackson, Mississippi, but we're all aware of what happened in Flint. And pretty yes, soon we, we're we going to be... And, and pretty soon we're going to be hearing about incidents in Arizona because we uh, know that they have basically leased the water rights to a Saudi Arabian, um, you know, country that's basically growing crops that are some of the most water um, intensive crops there are, alfalfa, which would not be bad if it was being used here in our country. But they're right. shipping it back to other countries. So our own resources, which are dwindling and but, are in but, short supply but it's being... not even there only look at the the companies in texas that are owned by saudi arabia like this is like really insane like well this is like... the, the ideology <laughs> of this party it's like they're willing to sell off this country like the parts and the bits like look at what <laughs> DeJoy is doing to the post office they're doing it to our country like you know let's sell off the water and you know I'm pretty sure if they could they'd figure out a way to sell off our air make us have to buy it back <laughs> according to You're our commercial right. 
And cordyceps well, Hershely comes from China anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just to me, it just it doesn't make sense what they're, you know, talking about. And then they said, you know, let's keep our business in the USA. But but then they're doing all this in the, you know, in the back, you know, in the back door. Let you know, let's let's make a profit. But, you know, nobody's talking about those things, you know. I mean, well, and we that is where you have to really <laughs> and you have to be paying attention because you cannot listen to what these people say. You have to watch what they are doing, you know, because right. they do, it doesn't it never lines up. And for whatever reason, their base buys into whatever it is that they say, even when they can see with their own eyes. But what is actually happening? That's but like, it, I don't. There is good news, though, on the horizon that there is a group of doctors and science, scientists and all of that that are getting together because they really want to destroy our democracy, our just everything. You know, we used to have like normal Republicans that used to believe in science uh, once upon a time. I mean, they're like unicorns now. Yeah, you know, they're like unicorns now. <laughs> But anyway, I digress. I really thank you for the opportunity. I just, I just, I got so like, I'm, I have minimal time now to talk, but that's okay. Um, you know, there's always opportunities in the near future, right? <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us on your lunch break and, and sharing. You've been a delight. I so appreciate it. And I am I'm glad that you're a part of our um, Thank community. you, Dee. All right. And I would well, do anything to, you know, when I have time to advocate and, you know, and do whatever I can for our candidates because it's very needed. Needed. I, you know, I, when I communicated with the Val Demings uh, campaign a whole lot because I think she is, she's just excellent. She's got the, the, the expertise that we need and, you know, I wish we could have voted for Hillary. We wouldn't have been in this freaking mess. But okay. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. It was Thanks. the emails that was more important. And yeah. now we've got this idiot with God knows who he sold our secrets to. Yeah. You know, and he's still talking <laughs> about the emails. And now, oh and, my and God, now yes. they've added, they've added uh, Hunter's and laptop to the buddy, emails. Yeah. Now he, he wants Clarence Thomas to like bail him out. Okay. Just bail me out of this. You know, well, that's illegal gonna be, stuff I did. Yeah. Well, anyway, I feel like the screws are <laughs> tightening on him, and I, I oh, still sure. have ho- uh, hope. So, um, up next, okay, we're going to go. You. Thank I'll you, Carmen. You okay. All right. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Graham, uh, Nevin, and then Greg. Well, another uh, amazing space. Uh, um, and this, I just threw a post up in the nest. Uh, and specifically for Phyllis, uh, Phyllis mentioned uh, HIV, and the National Institute of Health um, has launched cr- clinical trials in three mRNA HIV vaccines. So those are uh, in the pipe right now. And, um, you know, if every if we can cure so many different things with mRNA, um, it sort of commonizes things and in manufacturing that would drive down the cost. So uh, something like this could cost as little as 50 cents to produce, like, you know, that diabetes, 50 cents, cancer, 50 cents, HIV, 50 cents, you know. 
So the drug companies don't like uh, hearing those prices, that's for sure. <laughs> Anyways, uh, amazing space. And thank, uh, thank you, Dee. And thanks, Eugene. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And also keep in mind that of all the wonderful things that this uh, president is doing, um, one of his promises, even in um, before he started running um, for this um, election, he is committed to um, curing cancer. So um, I think that, um, you know, it can be done, and um, we just need a um, Congress in place and a um, cabinet filled with people who want to use all the talent and the innovation that this country has to offer, because I do believe we're rich with it. And unfortunately, you know, some people, you know, they are behaving in such ways that it is causing a talent drain. And I think that we still have time to, you know, stop that and to begin to reverse it. It's not going to happen overnight, but I, I believe in us. And so I thank you guys again for being here. It has been an amazing space. We are going to be winding up and I'm going to go to, um, Ne well, I think I lost Nevin, so I'm going to go with Greg and then um, give Eugene an opportunity to have some closing thoughts or to share. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Greg. Are you there? How was your, Oh, uh, yeah. What did hey, you cook? How are you? I just came back up. I just wanted to just to let you know that um, I have gotten my I uh, have finished my lunch and I, I, I it was really good I was enjoying my my fried chicken as watching um Ron DeSantis political aspirations go up a uh, go up um, up smoke it's like he has bent the knee yes to J Joseph Bi Joseph Robinson Biden and I'm loving every minute of it. I was like, he actually bent the knee, shaking the president's hand, as you know, be right there. Doc Brandon has is in the building. Joe is cheering and saying that nobody fucked with the Biden. Sorry, I had to curse because the president did curse. And uh, and the Biden just makes sure that he owns. He is the alpha dog. Joe Biden is telling you that he is the alpha dog. He might he didn't run Florida, but he is the alpha dog who got the the purse strings. And guess who is going to be? Please looking for a handout. Yes, I'm just mm. loving every minute. I want to see how Joe Biden has emasculate Ron DeSantis on live TV, and it's a beautiful moment. We have all the images and everything like that. So, oh my I, goodness, I, I can't wait to see your timeline. <laughs> oh, I already started. I already posted the tweet of him bending the knee. I think me and Renee is already. We are all already. Oh yes, I, I, I'm sure Renee has got some good material too. She's. I got a video. I, <laughs> I got a video. All right. All right. We definitely will. So uh, I think DeSantis is giving us uh, some good material. And I, you know, I hope the Democrats who are running against him can um, 
take some of it and use it for some great ads. <laughs> exactly. On that note, I know you're going to wrap up this space because you wrap up this space, but I want to say thank you so much for for having this space every day, for just keeping telling people what to do. You are a god. You and Eugene are a godsend, and everyone in this room is. And so, you you everybody have to say everything what you bring to the table matters, even when you're like you're enlightening me and you're enlightening others and you're inspiring people to do to get out to vote. So thank you so much for doing this space, Dave. Well thank you, Greg. And like I said, you know, Eugene and I kind of understood early on that it was really not about us, um, that, you know, the beauty of this space is you guys. And we're so grateful and appreciative every day for the voices that we have an opportunity uh, to hear. And you're one of them. And I know that we don't get to hear from you every day, but you are so uh, you bring us so much joy when we are able to. And I'm glad that you were able to uh, fry your chicken and and, um, enjoy it while watching DeSantis bend the knee. I mean, that was great. (laughs) Did you have any popcorn? (laughs) The chicken was my popcorn because chicken is my vice. Okay, you know, I hear okay. You. <laughs> when I was looking at, I was looking to the bones. I was like, delicious. Delicious. I love it. I am here baby. for all of it. <laughs> I am living for all of it. I, I, I was like, darn. I still can have some more, more chicken in the batch. So you know what? I'm gonna fry some more chicken and put some. Um, make some potato salad and, and and lap it up because I'm enjoying this moment. Well, so I appreciate all of the talent in this space and, uh, you know, the, the information, the humor, all of it. And um, so I'm going to give, I thank you for being here today. I think all of you have, uh, who have participated in our conversation and those of you who have just, you know, sit back in the gallery and listen, it all matters. And I appreciate you so much as I appreciate my awesome co-host, Eugene. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to leave us with some of your closing thoughts and um, we'll check out your timeline. I know you were over there working on something because when I figured out the music was coming (laughs) from you, I'm like, I know what he's doing. So, I, you know, the reason that I didn't think it was from you is because I didn't hear any laughter. So that's (laughs) why... It's usually you're laughing when you're doing this stuff. So that's why I kept thinking it was Mark. So anyway, um, give us um, some of your um, closing thoughts today. So, uh, Greg, I left you two uh, videos to your latest tweet. Um, you can. Oh, my it. goodness. I, I see. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't mean to cut in, but. I, oh, I my God. Some, I, oh, I see him some more pictures. Um, look how. DeSantis is, DeSantis is all linked up and all close to the Bidens and his wife is left out in the cold. Like, I am going to have to break you two up. Like, I'm going to have to move my Abby over in between you two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. No, I, I you know, um, these guys, they, they play all these games and, like, it, it, it's funny when when it comes down to the humanity humanity of it, like they just can't like you can't lie your way around you know streets washed out. You can't lie your way around 
beaches washed out. You can't lie your way around. Hey, if you guys don't help us, we're, we're dead in the water. Every one of these states that are going for this, we want the rights to just be by ourselves and do our own thing. This is why we're the United States of America, right? Because we as multiple states can get together and solve problems when one gets hit more than the other because you know each different area of this country has its own problems and as climate change happens it's going to get worse and worse it's absolutely going to get worse and worse and you know these guys trying to use you know use this as a a a political political thing i mean desantis has just been blatant about it i mean just it, it, he's not even like trying to hide the fact i'm using this for campaign material you know so I, I think it is part of our responsibility to counter that messaging because that's not what biden does right i i do believe this that biden counts on we the people to be that counter voice instead of the, the politician making a fool of himself because you know i'll make a fool of myself all day long in honor of joe biden you know and I'll lose accounts for it. Um, I, I don't care. Um, you, but there has to be a counter voice to this. Having said this, I'm getting a lot more clever in it in that, you know, Twitter's getting pretty serious about, you know, what they consider misinformation. Um, you know, I don't I don't deep fake anything anymore. I make it really obvious. You know, this is this is something that was made. <laughs> and, but, you know. Besides oh my that, goodness! I'm sorry. I just went over to your timeline. I saw Geechee's <laughs> tweet <laughs> and yours. Oh my goodness! What is a fun evening it is going to be? I'm sorry. Go ahead. It, it I, I told you it's going to be. I told you it's messy, and he already put in messy. And Eugene is a mess, and I'm like, and then, and then don't even All get of you. And you got Geechee is on top of it as well as Aphroma. What is happening to DeSantis is going to be happening to Chris Christie. It's going to be huge. Yep. This is go- <laughs> yeah, so this is really is huge. So everybody, I have to say. Get your popcorn and your fried chicken ready. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a it's finger licking good. Baby. I love it. It's delicious. <laughs> Hey, I'm telling you, I like you. Whoever said that it, called him pork chop. I mean, I've I've got all kinds of video ideas now. Oh, oh I head. I call him pork chop, but I'm the one who called him the pork chop. That mm-hmm. that is the most perfect name I think I've ever heard for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna break you two up. Wrap it up, you two. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I do want to do. Um, so I don't know if this deal is going to go through with Elon or not, not, but like we built a social media site called common ground social, um, it, it, me and another guy. And I got D you know, I dragged her into this thing, you know, but, um, and Graham, you know, but it's called common ground social. And if, if you lose an account over here or like this gets too much for you, we built this as a community place for us all, right? Um, if you see a booger on there, you guys know who I am, you know, let me know. And we just, we get them off there. Um, you know, it's, it's small right now. Um, so it's, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of people on there. So you're not going to have a lot of trolling happening on there but it is it's got all the features on there i mean you can do all kinds of stuff in there um it's more formatted like a facebook format um and we will be adding features the more people join um you know such as the ability to do spaces and whatever um 
we'll have to call it something else for legal reasons, but you know what I mean. Anyways, I just want to put a little plug in that. Just, you know, if you go over and get your account now, um, uh, it'd be a good time. I get to know you and who, you, what you're about. Um, and then, you know, whether, you know, you can participate or not. Um, we built this as a community effort, um, and it's going to be community run. Um, and I want this type of community, what I see here, to be running that, right? Um, I, I want a real voice in America on social media platforms. I don't know that this is the appropriate or that this fits everybody or whatever, but I do know it's coming. I mean, whether I do it or somebody else does it, um, it's coming because this is getting ridiculous that a billionaire can come in and change the narrative of America, and that's exactly what will happen. Um, so having said that, I'm not running from Twitter. Like you're not going to run me off from this platform. Um, it is where politics happen. It is where news happens. Um, and like we have to stay focused. I, 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 I've been kind of leery about bringing up this common ground too much just because I don't want to defocus on, on this, this role that I see happening with Democrats. I mean, the momentum is building, it's getting stronger and stronger and I don't want to distract from that, but I do want to start, you know, as this deal kind of, uh, narrows in, uh, with, with Elon, you know, I do want to make sure that people know that it's there. Um, you know, I'm not going to advertise it. This is a community thing, right? You know, either people like it or they don't, you know, we're not there to make money. So, I want to say I, I love the, uh, the 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 some of the lightheartedness today because I kind of not kind of I really needed that, um, but I am really looking forward to Shauna's room tonight, um, and it just I, I'm really proud of the effort that she's put forward for for this thing we call democracy, right? Um, it's like she's got a job too, right? And like the amount of work that she puts in on top of that job, like. And she's going to school. Oh, oh, and going to school. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there's some of you that are just absolutely impressive and should be recognized. Um, and I, I just wanted, I, I just want to say that from, from me, like I see all of you and I just am honored and, and like privileged to, you know, be able to share in this journey and help where I can. Um, you know, I don't always get it right. I get stuff wrong sometimes. Um, and that's called being a human being. And, you know, you know, if I, if I am wrong, I try to apologize for it. Um, but, you know, that's, that's why I, I believe that, you know, some of us men need to start, you know, being, being around more for examples for everybody. Um, you know, and we don't always get it right, right? Like, which probably, and I'm talking to you, Kevin. Listen to black women more in this country. Holy shit. Sorry, D. I didn't mean to swear, but I'm just saying, like, you know, um, where, where we get our information, you know, especially in these political times. Like, you know, when I want information about business, there are specialists I go to, you know, in each different one of those sectors that I've got, whether it's financial, mechanical, you know, engineering, you know, I call a guy up like Grant. You know, I mean, the, 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 there's people that they know what they're talking about because they've got experience in it, not just schooling in it, right? And we happen to have a sector of America, and a lot of them sitting in this room that, like, they've been through this now. Numer they've seen what an X, you know, 
plus X, you know, what, what that equals, right? One plus one is going to be two every time, right? Um, and they've seen that. And so, like, it would behoove us as America um, to listen to those voices that have been paying attention to that and we can learn from. Um, I, I hope that the Democrat Party up at the top, I think they are actually, just from some of the movement I've, I've seen, are doing that. I think that they are listening to many of you, actually, um, that are sitting in here. Because it, it's like, you know, when you're right, you're right. And if you keep being right and I keep being wrong, you know, either I change or, like, I'm walking in wrongness. And I don't want to walk in wrongness. And I don't think that, you know, anybody in the party really wants to do that. We might have disagreements, but we always – want to do the right thing right that's that's what i love about this party and the people in it is they're continuously striving for a better america and it might not always be the right answer but their intention is they want a better america for everybody right um and not saying that we don't all have our own you know selfish reasons for a better america i do like i i, I want to do business in a country where i have like a a, a a fair chance against the oil boys right you know i'm in renewables and like i'm I've, I've legislated in some states i can't even do business in some states and this is america the land of the free free enterprise that's not free enterprise and i'm not the, it, my industry is not the only one that has suffered this at the hands of republicans because when democrats legislate they want to include everybody in it and i i i've seen that Far more clearly than I did, you know, when Trump rolled down that escalator. And it's been because I've had this ability to learn from all of you and why I, I sit in this room. You know, from my people's perspective, we're listeners. We, we, we watch, we learn um, from listening and watching. And this education that I have just stumbled upon uh, of this ability to hear directly from people um, – with, I mean, there's, you know, we've got people with law degrees and doctorates and, you know, it's just, it's amazing to have that ability to learn at the feet of those that have had that experience and education. So thank you. D. All right. Well, um, Harry wanted to say something. I'm sorry. I was checking out <laughs> Renee's timeline and laughing. I'm just trying not to come on the on the mic. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! I just can't wait. Um, you're too much, uh, Renee. I love it. Um, so, Carrie, um, some last words, and then I'm going to close this out. And again, thank you guys for being here. <laughs> Yep, thank you. I just wanted to quickly say, Eugene, that I finally popped back on a Common Ground Social after um, being off all summer and, and until now, um, trying to get my academic year life back in order. But I just really think that you can even hop on over there now and really amplify each other and organize, help find co-hosts for spaces, help plan spaces, um, and just hearing about Elon's desire supposedly to make Twitter into WeChat, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, I just don't want to lose connection with you guys at all because this has been so valuable. So, yeah, I think it's worth going over there right now and getting used to it and and uh, being able to utilize it back and forth between Twitter and that platform to kind of coordinate and amplify. So that's all. And thanks, everybody, again, for a great space and hope you have a great rest of the day. 
Well, thank you for that plug, Carrie. I appreciate it, and it is a great suggestion. And, you know, it's like any platform. You have to get familiar with it. But um, it is great. I have had a lot of focus over here because of the midterm, so um, I will get busy again because absolutely Elon uh, owning this platform does not um, make me feel uh, at ease. So thanks again, everyone. I appreciate you being here. appreciate all of the um, contributions that each of you bring to this community. And as I tell you every day, I am uh, floored and inspired by you every day. And I'm going to leave you with the words of the late, great Representative John Lewis. Do not get lost in a sea of despair. Be hopeful. Be optimistic. Our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. So I thank you guys for coming here, making noise, and getting in good trouble with me and Eugene here every day, Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And it doesn't matter whether you're here for a short time or the entire time. Uh, we appreciate it, and we look forward tonight to seeing um, you also over in the space that Shauna is hosting for the Black Candidate Roundtable we need to do everything possible that we can to ensure that we deliver a um, an expanded Senate and um, even a House um, to this Biden administration. Mm -hmm. I would almost dare to say that what Sean is doing tonight is actually historic. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the, the, one of the reasons I'm attending is just the, 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 this probably has not been ever done before. In, well, in spaces for sure. Yeah. So we're excited for sure. And I look forward to seeing all of you guys over there. And I am just going to leave you with peace and blessings while I go and have some laughs um, in some folks' timeline. So <laughs> I'll see you guys back here tomorrow, um, same time. Um, and uh, hopefully by then the Music Council will have decided what uh, the topic is going to be for Friday. So it will give us something else to think about and look forward to. So peace out, everyone. Mm -hmm.